Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Feathers in My Hair for the big teen mom OG supersized episode. I've invited my dear internet friend who I've met IRL. So we're IRL friends. Uh, my dear friend Saad, who recapped the Janelle segment of the reunion for me. And she is here because, well, one, I love her and her opinions, but two, because she is a Bristol Palin super fan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I want to clear something up for a second. I don't think I'm a Bristol Palin super fan. I think I'm a Sarah Palin super fan. And when I say that I'm a Sarah Palin super fan, it's not that I like her or agree with anything she's done I just think she's a very interesting character and an interesting part of American history I mean who and, any um, of us to judge we're teen mom super fans it's the same thing <laughs> true I know but I I didn't follow Bristol much after Sarah kind of faded out of the limelight so a lot of this in this episode was new to me too I okay Right off the bat, I want to say that I was pleased with the Cheyenne in Bristol segments. Like I said, I don't really care if they're teen moms. I don't really like that. I'm not watching the show to watch teen moms anymore, but I do like fresh drama. And I thought they brought it. Bristol and Dakota, like, laid it the fuck out. Bristol and Dakota were the show. Like, I... I couldn't believe how raw Dakota got. He was like, she says I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, whoa. Oh, episode one. <laughs> uh, they brought it, and they brought it quick. I yeah. mean, let's face it. This episode would have been completely unwatchable without Bristol and Cheyenne. A hundred percent. Because <laughs> Amber was so boring. Macy was so boring. Caitlin and Tyler were interesting. Caitlin and Tyler had a little bit there, but Macy and Amber... Um, I, I wrote two, three lines about them. I mean, there's nothing yeah, there. there. There's very, very little there. But why don't we start with Macy? Let's start with Macy and Amber so we can, like, run through them. Um, okay. Because I just feel like sometimes it's easier to start with the more boring ones. Uh, we'll start with Macy. So I, first of all, that scene with her and Taylor talking about, like, uh, Ryan calling was so reenacted and then I realized why so they started filming right before they got like when it got the final restraining order which was almost three okay. months after like because what happened was Taylor like the phone call and the tweet went down in March and what we're seeing happened at the end of May like the final order they got the temporary order and that lasted for like two and a half months and then they got the final order. But if you'll remember, Macy was refusing to film. So the timelines, first of all, are so fucked up because Kate and Tyler are <laughs> filming like in February. They're in February 
Caitlin was right. in treatment from, I looked it up, from January 17th to February 27th. And Macy didn't get this permanent restraining order until May 20th, with um, baby James and Amber's storyline being born May 9th. So we're kind of all over the place with, like, where we are. What I am assuming happened was MTV agreed to pay for Caitlin's sec like, her second treatment. I know it's technically her third, but like her second rapid treatment, if they could keep filming, um, like throughout that time. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Caitlin and Tyler were filming essentially from last season to this season without a break. They didn't come back to Amber until maybe the end of April. That's probably when Bristol and Cheyenne started filming. And then Macy started filming at the end of May when they agreed to fire Ryan and Mackenzie. I agree with you that the Macy and Taylor segment seems so fake. It was so fake that I had to rewind it because I'm like, am I watching a recap of what happened last season? It took me a while to realize that the episode had begun. And this was the the scene that we were starting off with because it just seemed, first off, repetitive. Like, okay, we're back and we're going to talk about how Ryan is insane. Because I know we talked about the tweet last season i don't think we did we didn't because he tweeted it around like he tweeted it the end of march was when og was like wrapping up um like the regular season and that's when he tweeted like i think it was during the season finale that he tweeted that because he's i mean i agree with you the timelines were all over the place and this scene just it, yeah. it was very He tweeted that because scripted. he saw Mackenzie, like, really talking cash shit on Macy. And, like, okay. saying that, I don't remember exactly what Mackenzie said, but, like, something pretty awful, like, Mackenzie, or Macy, like, just, like, typical Mackenzie crap about Macy. And that's why Taylor tweeted that. It was in response to an episode. Oh, okay. Um, I mean... Look, neither of the tweets were great. Taylor's tweet was was just immature. Yeah. Um, I think Taylor's just bad at Twitter. It wasn't, it definitely didn't warrant what Ryan said in response. But, no. you know. <laughs> I, I think, though, at the same time, it's like, I think a big part of being an adult is, like, not poking the bear. And right, I, that's what I'm saying. Was Taylor's tweet really necessary? Yeah, I understand. Like, I can't imagine how fucking frustrating it is for Macy and Taylor to sit there and watch Mackenzie, like, talk mad shit on them when they've, like, been dragging Ryan through fatherhood for the last eight years. Because, I mean, that's essentially what's been happening, you know? And right. I can understand, like, why that's so frustrating for Macy and Taylor. But at the same time, it's like... So you'll go on TV and you'll talk shit about them that way. It's just like what? What's the and point? And Macy's never it? been one to get into the Twitter drama. No, she you doesn't know, she... really use social media. She does like she really. Only, I bet she has private. I wouldn't be surprised if she maybe has like a private Instagram, but she really only uses social media for like clickbait articles and promoting their clothing line. Right. So this just seemed really out of character for her and. I don't know. I don't follow Taylor on the regular, so I don't know if he tweets like this regularly, but it just, it seemed unnecessary for Taylor to even say that. Yeah. Um, And I I do a show in this scene, like, I don't know why they have the fourth wall broken, 
Like, I don't understand why they didn't just have a producer stand there and then, like, Taylor and Macy explain to the producer what happens and then the producer goes, oh, my God, holy shit. Like, I can't believe Brian right. said that. Like, it didn't have to... We didn't have to pretend that Taylor would wait. Like, theoretically, let's say that Ryan did call him the night before. I'm supposed to believe, like... Taylor got a phone call from Ryan threatening to kill him, and he just, like, waited until the next afternoon to, like, clue Macy in. <laughs> just, let's just wait for our casual pool hang sesh for me yeah. to tell you about how my life was and my children's lives were threatened. Yeah, all they had to do was have a producer there, and they're like, last night Ryan called us and threatened to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they why they did it the way they did it. Macy and Taylor are not good actors. No. No. Um, I thought that Jen and Larry's reaction to it wasn't great. Uh, they're delirious. They're still delusional about Ryan's problem. Yeah, which is really sad. Oh, did we talk about, did I talk about last week? I can't remember when we found this out that Ryan's currently back in rehab. Uh, right now. I think it happened within the last week. I don't think, I think it happened after last week. Yeah, I, you know what? I think it happened on Monday. I think it was the. Yeah, it happened the night the Teen Mom premiered. I remember people being like, oh, that's convenient. Like, they're releasing it the night that the episode comes out. Um, So, I, okay, here's my issue with this season when it comes to Macy's storyline. A part of me understands Macy's argument that she did not want Ryan on TV because she doesn't want Bentley to see him on TV. I also understand the argument that, like, he is a very serious drug addict and should not have access to hundreds of thousands of dollars. But I think it's bullshit and unfair that Macy, Jen, and Larry get to talk and talk and talk about Ryan and have that be their main storyline and that Ryan and Mackenzie don't get a chance to respond. Now, would they tell the truth? No, of course it'd be bullshit. But how, like, I just don't think it's fair that they get, Macy gets to, like, totally control this narrative, totally talk shit, and Ryan McKenzie have no ability to defend themselves on the show. I mean, it, people are like, well, Adam doesn't, but Adam took himself off the show. You know, right. it's Adam's choice. And I don't think, I just don't think it's right that, like, I'm supposed to believe that Macy didn't want him on the show so Bentley wouldn't see him act like this, but then she talks about him for the whole... I mean, what else is Macy going to talk about for this entire season? It's going to be about Ryan. (laughs) Well, right. So I think that I I have two comments there. One is, like, there's nothing else to Macy's story. No. So what else is she going to talk about besides Ryan? But also, uh, Macy's a giant hypocrite. It's what I've always been annoyed with with Macy. I was annoyed when she was throwing a fit about Farah and not wanting Bentley to be on the show because Farah's a porn star. I thought that was stupid. It's not like Farah's doing porn on the show. Um, but, you know, she quickly got over that and moved on because she needed a paycheck. Yeah. So this is just another instance of Macy being a hypocrite, realizing that, you know, she has nothing else going for her, so she's got to talk about him. And I don't think it was ever really about Bentley. I think it was about just Macy wanting to control the narrative around this. Yeah, she hates that. I mean, she hates Mackenzie and with reason and like hates right. that Mackenzie and Ryan were on TV talking shit about her, which I understand. I just, I don't know. I think it's, 
it just doesn't make sense. Like, why are we going to watch an entire season of them talking about Ryan, but we don't even see Ryan? It, it doesn't exactly. make any... First of all, it doesn't make... It's, like, shitty to Ryan. And, like, I want to point out, like, in, in Taylor's tweet, he's like, the only reason you guys have anything is because of Macy. But in my opinion, like, the dads are just as much a part of the success of this show. Um... Like, Ryan and his family have been it's filming this. Ryan, because Ryan's been there from the beginning. Exactly. You know? And so have Ryan's parents. And Ryan and his parents, since 16 and Pregnant, have been, like, a big part of what made Macy's storyline interesting. Like, I remember, right. like, watching her 16 and Pregnant, and, like, I thought Ryan was cute. And, like, he seemed like an asshole. So it was, like, interesting to watch this girl that seemed pretty put together, like, be with this asshole. But he had these really nice parents that were really supportive of her. And they really added a, a dynamic that made Macy so much more, like, endearing. You know? Like, we Absolutely. care about Macy in the way that we do because of the whole Ed- – because of the Edwards family. Especially considering Macy's family stopped filming after, like, season one or two. Like, what the fuck would we have watched in Macy's? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we like, the Kyle King drama was good. But also, like, part of the reason the Kyle King drama was so good is because – The Jen Kyle King being... drama was good because of Ryan. Yeah, because Ryan and Jen was being, like, so controlling. Like, the Edwards have always added a big dynamic. So I don't like Taylor being, like, they only have this because of Macy. It's like, no, Ryan and Macy, like, together are part exactly. of the reason that Team Mom is successful. Just, like, there would be no Amber without Gary. There would be no Caitlin oh. without Tyler. There'd be Absolutely. no Farrah without her parents. You know, it's like these people don't just exist on their own. So I really don't like it when they're like, well, they're only here because of me. And it's like, to an extent, yes, you are the jumping off point. And when you leave the show, everybody else leaves without you or with you. But they're all part of the success of it. And my other point to that was. I just totally lost my train. I had a second point to that. Um, Jen and Larry, Ryan, I don't know what it was. But I just, oh, the other reason I'm annoyed is because, like, this doesn't make for a good story, like, narratively. Like, following a lot, like, the whole time, we've been watching this show for how many fucking years? And we know how this works. They tell us, like... Macy tells us her side, Jen and Larry tell us their side, and then we get to see Ryan's side. So as the audience, like, I was sitting there the whole time, and I'm like, okay, well, I want to hear from Ryan. Like, when's Ryan coming in? Like, this is how this show works, is that we hear from everyone involved, and this show does not work well if we can't hear from everybody involved. It just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense for the format of the show. I think they're trying to pretend like Jen and Larry are the new Ryan and Mackenzie. Like, they're going to stick up for them, and they're going to be the counterpoint. But um, that wasn't interesting either. No, it's sad, first of all. The Jen and Larry of it all is, like, depressing in a way that Ryan and Mackenzie are not. Because I, I I don't know everybody. I don't think everybody agrees with me on this. But, like, for me, Jen and Larry are just never going to be villains. I feel a lot of empathy for Jen and Larry, even through their continuous mistakes, because it's very, very hard to have a child that's a heroin addict. And I just... I totally agree with you. I don't... I would never think badly of them, because, you know, I don't know what it's like to be in that situation, but I can't imagine I would handle it any better or... Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a difficult situation to to navigate. We can we so judge I, them, they make mistakes, but they're not villains. And when Jen is right. crying about like last season when Jen was crying, like 
that was heartbreaking to watch. But Mackenzie's a fucking villain. And so is Ryan when he wants to be. So, like, Jen and Larry just can't take that role. It's just not who they are and it's not who they've been for nine seasons. I think the other thing we might touch on again later is we keep talking about who is this show for? And if they're mm-hmm. trying to really bring in new care, new audience viewers, if they're trying to bring in younger people and new viewers, and they don't know who Ryan is for the past nine years, they don't want to just hear Macy talking about some guy that we never see on TV. They can't put a face to the name. They don't know. Mm-hmm. So this is not going to resonate with anybody who is not a teen mom mega super fan. It's not even resonating with our super fans. It's definitely not going to bring in anybody new. I completely agree. It just, it doesn't make any sense. So Larry feels like the whole situation is he said, she said. They basically feel like it wasn't one-sided. I would have liked to see them come down harder on Ryan and been like, that was fucked up. For sure. I don't, do you, did they read exactly what, or did they know exactly what he said? I don't know. He probably says that he didn't say it. Right. Or maybe he watered it down for them. And yeah. so. I threatened to go beat him up. Like you've never threatened right. that dad. Like nobody's ever talked right. shit on you and you've threatened to beat them up dad. And Larry's like, well, yeah, I guess I have. So they're, they didn't get the full story. They're defending their son. I get it. Yeah. Um, And the outcome of the restraining order is basically that Ryan is, for two years, he's not allowed to talk to Macy, Taylor, their kids, their dogs, come near their house. But he is allowed to see Bentley, but only if uh, Bentley's at Jen and Larry's. Or if Jen and Larry are are around, right? Yeah. They did mention going to baseball games and stuff. Jen and Larry can bring him places. And he could, like, I don't think he can just show up to the bait. I don't know. I don't know if he's allowed to just show up to the baseball game without Jen and Larry there, but I don't even know if that ever happened. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, I don't think he's there's not a baseball, going to the baseball game. Yeah. I don't think there's a baseball game that he's going to that Jen and Larry aren't going to. So. Right. I mean, I think that's a good solution. It's clear that they're not, com- like, they're not getting along. I mean, I guess the restraining order is probably maybe part of the reason that they finally agreed to fire Ryan. Although it's like all they could, they wouldn't even have to interact at the reunion. They just keep them in separate places, you know, like in separate green rooms. They right. don't see one another. Well, cancel the reunions. Half the people are Skyping into the reunions Can- anyways. Got cancel the fucking reunion. <laughs> if the reunion is what's keeping you from putting people on the show, cancel the reunion. Don't sacrifice the show. Truly. Um, and Macy tells us that Brentley, Brentley, Bentley gets pretty well gets it in that he's like mostly okay. He just has questions sometimes, which like, I mean, that tracks to me. I think yeah, I mean Bentley's he's old enough to get it, and he's seen his dad, you know, his dad's journey. So I I believe that it's true. And I mean I don't think um, Bentley's primary caregivers are Macy and. Taylor. Yeah. So that's that's his. And world. then Jen and Larry. Right. Ryan is is a secondary character in Bentley's life. Always has been. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure it's like weird and upsetting. I bet 
the most stressful part of it for Bentley is like how much it affects Jen and Larry. Right. And like if Ryan's over there fighting with Jen and Larry or they're upset with Ryan, you know, because I do have a feeling that I also wouldn't be surprised if Jen and Larry, Larry especially, is a lot harder on Ryan when the cameras aren't there. They've just like made a decision that they're not going to be like Ryan's enemy on camera. I believe that. I believe, um, you know, after hours, things get a little bit darker over at the Edwards house. Yeah, and I can understand that. I, like, they're in a very weird position. Right. I I mean, I can't imagine, like, how hard it is to have a child in active drug addiction and then also be dealing with it on television. <laughs> I mean, that's been the motto of this show, right? <laughs> how these people deal with these heavy topics while on TV and while being famous. It's, it's wild. That, yeah, you're not wrong. So that was it for Macy this week. I'm not enthused. Um, I did mean to season. comment on oh. her court look. Oh, that lipstick was, was so bad. She was wearing a lipstick that was quite the look. She had a floral turtleneck on. Um, bright blue nails. It was uh, an interesting combination okay. for... For her to be playing this concern. I mean, obviously wear whatever you want. It just was, it was just funny to me that all of their court looks are always so funny to me that this is what they decide is like their professional look for going to court. I'm sorry, not sorry on this, but Macy has a particular skin color that makes a lot of makeup and clothes hard for her to wear. And that it makes all of her makeup just look caked on and like a weird but no, i think her makeup is caked on because she's like covering up some yeah, acne situations and yes. yeah it's unfortunate but that lip color like a dark lip color when you're a ginger like it might work <laughs> on some people but it doesn't work on macy and it might work in some situations you know like going out to the club i guess yeah it's a weird look. situation to try it out <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Taylor's beard, oh, I, I just need Taylor's beard to be trimmed down. I really, really hate it. I know. I really hate, like, any, I don't mind a beard. It's when it gets, like, past the chin and, like, the scraggly hair start to come oh. down that, like, gives me the heebie-jeebies. I think I could take him a lot more seriously and have a lot more respect for him if he didn't have that scraggly, dirty-looking beard. Agreed. Just both of them need to just shower and just be so dirty looking. <laughs> okay, <sighs> let's go to Amber after we take a quick break. My thoughts on Amber was this was like the most boring. <laughs> I mean, God it, bless her. It was, like... so, it was so normal. Everything was just very happy and sedated and I mean calm. great it was for her, so but calm so calm I just I kept saying that what is going on it's like her everything about it was just sedated the mood was so calm I think I don't know if I'm being conned I do know his history is weird he has two different women have gotten restraining orders against him he has like gun charges heroin charge like 
Andrew's got a rap sheet. But as of now, like, Andrew seems like a good dad and a good partner to Amber. Right. If you didn't know any of that, you'd be like, holy shit, Amber's got herself a king, you know? She seems so happy. I wish in a way, (laughs) this this is awful. I wish in a way that she would just, like, give Leah up for adoption to Christina. I mean, hasn't she basically done that already? Like, I, yeah, I just, I feel, okay, this is, this is crazy, but I do feel bad for Amber that, like, she is so, I think she's very stuck by, like, this guilt that involves Leah and I want her (laughs) this is insane I realize how insane this sounds I wish she could just like kind of cut that away and like go live in California full-time with Andrew and James like I don't think her being in Leah's life helps Leah and I'm not so sure Leah being in her life helps Amber (laughs) I just I kind of agree with you but here's the thing it's insane it's her mom I think if it wasn't for a teen mom she would have yes. left Leah a well, long she would, time ago. She would have lost her parental rights. Absolutely. Because right. she would have, like, if it wasn't for Teen Mom, she wouldn't have had money for a good lawyer. Like, her rights probably would have been cut off when she was in prison, or if not, shortly after when she relapsed, because, like, she didn't have MTV money coming in to help her get on track. I just think if it wasn't for Teen Mom and people online constantly harassing her about, Leo, you don't spend enough time with Leah, go see Leah. She would not care. Yeah. She would not make any effort to go see her. I think She'd she's be like, been well, in she's California for months, by the way. What's that? I think she's been in California for months. So, yeah, she's already moved out. But any Leah interaction is, to me, it just seems like it's for the cameras at this point in Amber's life. I wonder if, I wonder what happened to their dogs when they're in California. Um, how many freaking dogs? I, are I in clocked that house? three: the mastiff and two chihuahuas. Ten filled with dogs. <laughs> oh my god! All of them are animal hoarders to the extreme. Yeah, it's so so upsetting. I think the only <sighs> thing worth talking about was Gary and Christina being like, like the sad thing is when Leah comes over and Gary and Christina and Emily are all there, is her name Emily or Emmy? I think it's Emily, but spelled it's Emily, e. but it's with two E's. Yeah. yeah. I like how both our minds went to like why it's <laughs> how it's spelled, which is why it's tripping me up. Um, <laughs> and I think they call her M. Um, I think that, I thought it was sad that even when Leah was there, it was Christina that was like, Leah, isn't your brother so cute? Like, do you love your brother? Oh, I noticed this too. Amber had no interaction there. It was all Christina. Yeah. I mean, Christina's her mom. Christina is the woman that she's with 24-7. Like, and I mean, and I think Amber's we all like, know Gary doesn't do this... a lot of the child rearing. And Christina's the rock of Leah's world, like a hundred percent. Absolutely. And Amber's kind of in this daze of she's got this new boyfriend yeah. and a new baby with him, and she's she's basically creating her a second life. You know, yeah, she's starting over, and she doesn't care if Leah's a part of that. Yeah, but she knows she's like not allowed to say that. Exactly, right. She's not allowed to say that because she's still on this show and she still has thousands of people that would 
tear her apart on Twitter yes. if she said that. Even though, like, I don't know. And I know, I don't pretend to know what's best for Leah. I, we really don't see enough of Leah's life, and she's not old enough yet to, like, give us her point of view. But I'm sure she's hurt. But also, like, I feel like the way that Amber does it, like, coming in and out is way worse than, like, if she would just let Leah go. Like, she, Amber, like, pops up when Amber feels like it. And they talk about how Leah will, like, Amber will say that she's coming and then she just never comes. And that has to be way worse than Amber just, like, living in California and, like, FaceTiming with Leah every once in a while. You know what I mean? Because then there's no expectation and there's no, like, well, my mom lives 20 minutes away and I haven't seen her in three months. Like, where the fuck is my mom? Yeah, no, I totally agree. At least if she's I think in California, it's, best for it's like Leah too. if she's in California, it's like, well, my mom lives in California, and I I right. imagine it's hurtful either way. But at least like if Amber's in California, it's not like a disrupting factor on Leah's life, like when she's coming and going. Right. I agree with you, but you know we'll see how uh, where life takes them. I guess. Yeah, I did notice um, that Amber called herself sober again. <laughs> Uh, I saw a lot of people giving Amber shit for being in bed in the opening scene because she's always in bed but I will give her this one she was nine months pregnant I can't believe how teeny tiny oh my god yeah she looked five months pregnant there she barely had a bump she looks skinnier than she looks on an average day yes she was tiny throughout this whole like I remember she'd post pictures on Instagram and I'd be like this picture has to be five months old because she's due next month, but she barely has a bump. Like, when she was laying in bed in that purple shirt, and she's like, I feel huge. And, like, you've never looked thinner. She's literally <laughs> never looked thinner. I was trying to figure out what it is that kept her so thin. Like, is she on drugs? What's going on? I wonder if <laughs> – I don't know if this is, like, even possible – but I wonder if, like, the hormones from the pregnancy and postpartum are actually, like, good for her. <laughs> like, like, threw yeah, her brain back to, like, a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, balance some shit out for her. Um, maybe, but it was just, it was weird she how was tiny. tiny she was through this whole pregnancy. And her I don't fa- remember. And everywhere. Like, her- she was... She was bigger. She With was Leah, bigger. she had, like, gestational diabetes. And remember just, like, she was so swollen. Like, her face was so swollen. Right. She was, she was pretty big when she got, not pretty big, but she was bigger when she got pregnant, like, in general. And then her face was so swollen. And I remember she had, like, very, like, swollen ankles and hands. Like, she was swollen all over. And with, like, when we saw her laying in bed, I was like, oh, my. Like, her face looked so fucking thin. Yeah. It was crazy. Maybe it's just an illusion because Andrew's a giant and so she looks I don't think so because she would post the pictures on Instagram like of just her and I'd be like, how pregnant is she? I don't understand. No, I know. And when she was like, oh my God, I feel huge. I can't believe I'm about to give birth in any second. I'm like, what? If if they had said she was five months pregnant in that scene, I would have been like, okay, she looks good. Exactly. <laughs> and then baby James came out and he had a full head of hair and I was so jealous. He's a cute baby. I love an infant with a full head of hair. Uh, mine were both bald. Oh. <laughs> I was surprised they didn't televise the birth. Yeah, I think, I wonder, like, if Amber 
is has just become like way more private with Andrew. Yeah, maybe you're right, and that's probably a good thing. I mean, besides her occasional Instagram live rant. Yeah, she's been rant. Um, <laughs> well, she's hasn't really been going live so much to rant, but I've been noticing she's like getting a little wild in the comments, like on her posts, like, <laughs> she like telling people like, she's like, "Go fuck but... yourself, you bitch." Sending love. Yeah, like, that's how yes, she does it. I saw it. that one. I mean, but um, compared to where she was this time, even last year, but like especially like June 2017 like when she was filming Marriage Boot Camp and she was just like insane to where she is now <laughs> I mean I am proud of her like she she is doing better and I understand like you can't just look at someone's social media and I'm not but like just her entire vibe on tonight's episode was so impressive for Amber and for Amber to stay that calm and seem that happy. And, like, when she was talking to Kiki and she was just like, I don't really know what to say except that everything's, like, wonderful. Like, I believe that. And right. I, I totally felt it was genuine. Her happiness and her, um, the, just the place she was in just felt really genuine. Yeah. When she was talking about how much she loves Andrew, it felt genuine. I really get it because, like, as somebody that used to have, like, a very, very chaotic and fucked up and crazy life and, like, there was always 7,000 things going on and people are like, so, like, how's your life? And I'm like, it's good. Like, I don't really really have much to say (laughs) except, like, it's good because I live, like, a boring, normal life and that's very much, like, the vibe that I got from Amber and I think that's not hard for her, but when she was, like, talking to Kiki, I think she was like, I don't even really know what to say to you because usually when we talk, like, I'm telling you something crazy or something bad's happened, and, like, I literally have nothing to tell MTV right now except that I'm happy and I love my boyfriend and my new baby. Right. And, you know, I know a lot of people thought this was boring, and we started off the episode talking about how Macy and Amber were boring, but at the same time... It's nice to see. It's a feel-good story that Amber had, you know, one episode at least this season where she's happy. Her baby seems well taken care of. The new baby, James, seems well taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's nice to see a feel-good story every once in a while on this show. I'm not sure what this season will look like for Amber. I'm not sure how much of a place there is for Amber on Teen Mom if she is ha- genuinely happy and just like hanging out with her boyfriend and her baby. Like I'm not well, sure what that like looks healthy, like. Right? Mom. Like good for you. I'm glad that you have your dream life now. Yeah. But do we want to see that on TV? And even less, even more so than Chelsea, because I think Chelsea like slowly transitioned into it. So. But, like, this sudden transformation, especially compared to, like, where we left Amber. Well, I guess not where we left Amber, but where Amber was, like, from breaking up with Matt, then getting with Andrew, and it was, like, pretty crazy. I just, it's such a sudden transformation that I'm just, like, where, okay. Like, if that was the (laughs) last episode we ever saw of Amber, I'd be like, good luck, girl. Like, bye. Exactly. I I felt like like the end of the movie, and you're like, okay, everything's wrapped up. Happy Let's. Let's move on to the new characters, you know? Absolutely. I just, I'm not sure what they'll be able to show with Amber this season. If this is what her life is like. I mean, I'm assuming we'll see them in L.A. Andrew will be working, et cetera, et cetera. But, like. I don't know. Is Andrew working? He kind of dodged that question, I thought. Yeah, I don't know. I think that they went to L.A. for him to work. Okay. Maybe he's trying. Maybe he's doing odd jobs here and there. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm not sure where where Amber's storyline on Teen Mom goes from here, what it looks like at all this season. I don't. I mean, even focusing on Gary and Christina is not going to be that interesting because they kind of got a simple, regular life, too, you know? Exactly. Like, Gary's mom is kind of interesting. I don't really care about Gary's, like, uh, baby or Gary's dad dad drama. We can't see any of Christina's drama because her daughter can't be on the show and she never talks about her ex-husband on the show. So, I I don't know. Would I be upset if they dropped Amber, like? No, which is crazy. The Amber that we see today, yeah, I wouldn't be upset if we dropped her completely. Yeah, I would just be surprised. And Macy. Well, at least so Macy, like, like Jen and Lair, like, there is, like, stakes to Macy's storyline a little more, like, but Amber is just, Yeah, like the Ryan stuff. Yeah, Amber is just like, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unless she gets into a screaming fight with Gary, which, I mean, hopefully doesn't ever happen again in her life, you know? Yeah, well, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Okay, let's talk about Cheyenne. So how did, what are your first overall impressions of Cheyenne after this episode? I love her. Yeah. I thought she was gorgeous. Yes. Um. Everybody I will go on my everybody. little um, soapbox here that I think that this show was desperately in need of a woman of color. Um, we brought, brought Brianna into Team Mom too. I think that was a strategic role, a strategic move on MTV's part to bring mm-hmm. in, you know, a different demographic. And also, I think representation on TV matters, and it's great to see a woman of color join the cast when we know that teen pregnancy in this country is not a predominantly white issue. Mm-hmm. So it's always seemed disingenuous that Teen Mom has always been so white. Um, so anyways, I'm glad to have Cheyenne there. I love seeing a gorgeous woman of color on my TV. Her baby, Ryder, is, has surpassed all of the other Teen Mom kids to be the cutest child, the most beautiful child on this franchise. I mean, I think Nova Star is still very high up on my list. <laughs> Nova Star is definitely high up there, but man, Ryder had those light eyes. She had those curls. Oh, she was so cute. So cute. I, okay. My first impressions of her agree. She's beautiful. You texted me and you were like, everybody in Cheyenne's segments is really hot. And I agree. Everybody's good looking. Her stepdad's good looking. Her mom's good looking. <laughs> Her boyfriend's good looking. The baby daddy's good looking. He only has good looking friends because they're his friends from reality TV. Like I didn't realize that. So when I said, "Oh my God, his friends are all so hot," I I didn't realize they were also TV characters. Yeah, Um, so yeah, it just seems a little bit made for TV because everybody's so beautiful. Yeah, I would say they were breath of fresh. I thought they they set up a lot of good storylines that I think will play out well. My issue, not my issue, I would say, though, my impression with Cheyenne is that she's very immature. Um, She comes off as very immature. And I thought Corey came off like a major player. Like, I I don't think I like Corey. I don't dislike I, um, him. But he I am very me, like, attracted to that oh, kind of douchey player. <laughs> of course Kind of are. guy. So I did like him in this episode. But I, I can see 
that this has potential to go south. Yes, I I just found she was like a player. I liked Zach, her boyfriend. Although I mean, it's a little suspect. I don't know. I felt like what? Why is Zach even in the picture? I mean, it's nice. He's a family friend, but yeah. But what one guy is... in his early twenties is like willing to move in with a girl, her baby, and her sister after six months? Like a guy that wants exactly. to be like. I I think Cheyenne is Cheyenne has the makings to be a good teen mom character and that she obviously is very impulsive because um, she had a boyfriend <laughs> when she got pregnant with Ryder uh, and I get I wonder if that boyfriend was playing dad for six months probably and then they apparently like didn't and then get they the did DNA the test yeah they did it I think the only reason they did it was because um she was like health issues and they were doing genetic testing okay yeah i wonder if they found out that he wasn't i want i wonder i would like a little more backstory on that they glossed that they glossed over that a little too much agreed Um, and she was like you know i've done everything by the book except yeah i I did like when she said that i'm like i don't know if that counts if you've been on are you the one in the challenge like exactly (laughs) like what exactly did you do by the book yeah what does that um... mean do you have a college degree like (laughs) to me by the book means like you graduate high school you go to college you get a job you get married you have kids like that's the book Right. If you do it That's that way, whatever. If you don't, yeah, if you don't do it that way, I haven't done it that way yet. Like, if you don't do it that way, like, well, I guess I have a little bit, except the marriage and kids part I haven't done yet. Right, um, but, I mean, you're just not there yet. It's not like you haven't. Yeah, but I know. mean, like, by the book is, like, you know, then by 26, you're with your fiancé, and then by 28, right, you're married, okay. and then by 30, you're having kids. Like, that to I me mean, is my life by is very by the book. Yes, your <laughs> life is very by the book. Um, And I don't know, I thought... I thought, though, they, like, really did a good job of setting up the dynamic. Like, I would say a much better job in than they did with Bristol. Like, I really liked Bristol's storyline and Dakota and, like, what they were giving us in the moment. But I think they did a better job at setting up the season for Cheyenne and Corey. Exactly. Because you kind of know that there's going to be drama between Zach and Corey yes. and and how that's going to go down. Um, they introduced the parents really well. Yes. Uh, I thought her mom came off as a real star. I really liked her mom a lot, especially like when Cheyenne was basically asking her for advice and her mom was like, I'm not telling you like what's right. I'm telling you what you have to do. Like if you want him to be happy, like in regards to right. Zach, I thought she was giving her lots of logical advice. I really liked her mom. She also had a really nice car. Uh, Huff yeah, and I, I both commented <laughs> on that. It really caught her eye. I did like so, that Cheyenne called herself a stay-at-home mom. I think that's, um, look, <laughs> I appreciate a single mom that can also be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> like, Well, is she either of those things? Because she kept saying... Uh, maybe it was in a preview for next week where she's like, I'm going to be single forever. And it's like, what? When are you even single? What is the timeline here? You had the boyfriend, then you cheated on him with the baby daddy, and then you had back. I mean, how old is Ryder here? I think what, Ryder, how- Ryder has to be like 14 months at least. Cause she was yeah, like she's saying, under two. Yeah, but... She's- she was walking and like talking a little bit, like so she's right. probably so she's like somewhere between to like one months. and one and a half, yeah. maybe. Yeah. 
So when was Cheyenne a single mom? Also, she, Corey found out he was the baby daddy around six months, and she's been with Zach for six months. So, oh, I, I yeah, don't know. that's a full year. Yeah. None of it. I would say I would like more backstory. And I just, I just think it's funny when, like, when she says, like, I'm a single mom, it's like, so where are you getting your money from? Like, are your parents supporting yeah. you? I mean, she's been on two reality shows, but, like, you don't make that much from going on the challenge your first season. Are you the one? You know what I mean? She probably made, like, right. 75K for are you the one? And after taxes, what is that? And probably the same in the challenge if she didn't win. Actually, did she even go on both of those? She might have only went on one. I think Corey went on both of them. Like, she hasn't made I, that much money off I of reality know. TV that she, like, doesn't need to work. I mean, obviously, her mom is wealthy. They have some money in the family. Yeah. She lives with her... Um, I bet her sis... I wonder if she even pays rent to her sister. Like, Oh, right. Her, she lives with her sister, so she probably doesn't pay rent. They said that Corey's paying, like, $250 a month. Yeah. Which... But then they also said, like, I think she said, like, well, and as long as you're also paying for her classes. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Corey, like, I mean, she doesn't go to daycare, you know, like. What so class? I wonder, that Jim Marie class is $10 for a drop-in. Yeah, but I wonder oh if they're God. going, like, to other things. Basically saying, like, you'll give me 250 a month plus, like, the other stuff we do. And he has her 50% of the time. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, when someone says they're staying home, I'm like who's supporting you? <laughs> like, like, if you don't have, a, like, a significant other that's working, like, I think that was just, like, her convenient way of being, like, I'm a reality TV star. <laughs> like, this is Which, my career again, we've broken the fourth wall. Let's just say it at this yeah. point. It's I'm trying to become famous. reality so TV star. I don't have a nine to five. <laughs> right. And I never have. And that's yeah. why I'm not tweeting about the fucking book. Um, the family oh. loves Zach, I noticed. Yes. And I thought... Well, was... so Zach is a family friend, right? I think so. He's very attractive. I think that Zach... I think she's known Zach for a long time, who's been a family friend, and then they kind of hit it off. So obviously the family's going to be rooting for that relationship. Yeah, and I think they also see Corey for what he is a little more. Right, right. Opportunistic. Um, Corey very much wants to be on camera. That was obvious in this episode. Yes. He just wants to be He a was star. performing. And I think she, I think they exactly, were both yes. performing a little bit, but in, it didn't bother me the way that they were doing it. Agreed. And I I I agree with this, especially the Jimboree scene was just it was very staged but also kind of sweet. I mean, why did he bring a dozen flowers for the baby? Yeah, I thought that, that was when I was uh, like, that was when I was like, Ugh, I don't really like Corey because, to, <laughs> okay, my issue with Corey is that I don't like that Corey will be like, yeah, well, she loves me. Like, and if I wanted her, she'd break up with Zach tomorrow and I'd be with her. Like, that is gross. Like, I don't like a man that talks that way, even if it's the truth. Like, I just think it's, like, not right. And I do think he leads her on, and he's very flirty. And I thought it was interesting that we found out that, like, uh, Cheyenne, like, calls Corey crying about her relationship with Zach. I did write down, Corey's starting to show some early red flags of being controlling. However, he does have a point 
on some of it. Um, but I agree with you. I think he is definitely going to be manipulating Cheyenne throughout the season. And we're probably going to grow to dislike him. I don't think he's very liked in the other shows. I don't think he is either because I think he sleeps around a lot. Right. So I think, like, you don't watch the challenge much, do you? No. I yeah, I don't either. Back in the day. I was well, real world versus road rules. Back in the day, I would yeah. watch it when it was real world, real world versus road rules. But it's been 20 years since yeah. I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I, and Johnny Bananas or whatever is still there. It's crazy how some of them are still there. Like, it's their full-time job, some of these people, being on the challenges. Because they go, like, twice a year. Yeah. I mean, good for them. Um, so... I think it's nice to see, like, Corey being such an active dad. Um, I do think the, like, relationship dynamic with Zach is interesting because apparently they've been together for six months. Zach lives with her, and there's a lot of talk about how Zach is going to be, like, he's not the dad. He's not interested in being the dad. But Cheyenne, like, it's so clear that he's the back burner guy for her because, like, whenever Corey's around, like, she doesn't want to invite Zach. Like, they go to Jimboree, and she doesn't invite Zach, and Zach's like, okay, like, I'll see you later. He didn't seem mad about it, but you can tell he was like, okay. And then Cheyenne's talking to her mom, and her mom's like, well, you need to, like, invite him so at least he can say no. She's like, yeah, but he's going to say yes. And her mom's like, well, what's wrong with that? And she's she had, like, this obsession about... And I, I think it's reflective of their entire relationship and dynamic because she's like, well, what, is he going to be out on the floor with us or is he going to be, like, sitting on a chair and watching? And that's weird. And obviously that was, like, a metaphor for their entire thing. Like, she doesn't understand where Zach fits in. Like, is he an active father figure or is he somebody that's just, like, there and watching on the sidelines? And her mom's like, well, he's going to be basically her stepdad. And Cheyenne's like, right. Really? <laughs> and it's just I like, think it was interesting because it is a it is a legit question, you know, yeah. who is this guy in Ryder's life, and what do you want him to be? Because he lives with you, which He's, is why you shouldn't be living with him. And if you do want to date someone, it should be like casually dating without, like, whenever Ryder goes to her dad's house, then like right. you go and hang out with him. But like, you, he doesn't. I don't know. Corey and her have only been co-parenting for, like, six months, let's say, at this point. Maybe a little more. It seems like it would have been smart if she stayed single and, like, her and Corey established whatever they're doing and, like, what their co-parenting relationship is like. And then maybe was seeing Zach, but he had his own place. She only saw him when Ryder, like, because Ryder goes to her dad's Thursday through Sunday. So that's a lot of time to date, you know? Like, you don't yeah, need a absolutely. guy with you. you have the whole you. weekend. Like, yeah, you can be with a guy for four nights a week. Like, you don't need somebody living at your house complicated. Not your house, house. living at your sister's house. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? I agree. Just keep, why is Zach living with you? Yeah, and Corey even said, like, I thought Zach was getting his own place. And she's like, well, he is. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) okay. Zach doesn't want to get his own place. Like, I wonder if Zach has a job. They didn't really mention. Yeah, maybe Zach's the one who wants to be on TV. And that's why he um, went after her. I don't know. We don't know enough about him yet to really make a a judgment call. Yeah. What's his motives here, you know? Like you said, why is he hooking up with the... 
25-year-old chick with a kid and all this baggage and all this yeah. TV stuff. I don't know. I just feel like he just really likes her. Done Cheyenne good to like wait until Ryder was maybe like three to move in with a guy. And she and Corey had like figured out whatever bullshit they figured out and like have a comfortable co parenting relationship. Because like, how can you? Like, she's still trying to figure shit out, like how her and Corey co parent. And then she has to worry about like what Zach's role in it is. Exactly. Um, I don't. I don't I know. Do you know these teen moms. They all like to move super fast. Yeah. They like yeah. to be on their own completely different timeline than the rest of the world. I think Zach is at least saying all the right things, though. Like, I don't know if he is genuine, but I appreciate it when he was like, you know, I would have liked to come, but, like, I just would have sat and watched. Like, I'm not her dad, and I'm not interested in, like, stepping onto any roles where Corey is and... I just want to, he's like, I just want to be respectful of Corey, but I also want to be part of it. And I was like, Zach seems pretty mature. Yeah, very much. And it's, it's very much um, the standard stepdad dilemma, you know? Yes. I have a stepdad and he kind of felt the same way that like, I don't know how much of her life and how much of the disciplining and how much of just the everyday I should do, you know, it's a tough, it's a yeah. tough and Roll I can't imagine how tough it is with an 18-month-old. You know, right. like, like, I mean, that's a baby that needs full-time, 24-7 parenting. And, like, it's not like you can just live there. And it's not like a 10-year-old, you know, where they go to school right, all day and they have their activities. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a, ch- a baby that needs, like, constant, constant watch. And, like, I don't know how you, like, casually figure that role out right I don't either um and I you know I guess we'll see it as it progresses on I do think there's a lot of potential there for some interesting um drama so do you think that Zach and Corey are going to get into it I don't know because I can't I can't really tell like what Corey's end game is or motivations are I can't either like I thought he came off well in this episode, which is like, which is why I'm like, is he going to turn into the villain here? Or uh, yeah, I don't know one of them is going to end on. up being one of them is going to end up being the villain because of just right. like how they edit this show, and I'm not sure. My gut says that it's going to be Zach because this whole episode they also talked about how uh, Cheyenne says everybody always thinks her and Corey are hooking up because they're very flirty. Corey makes it very clear that he knows Cheyenne wants to be a family and he wants that Cheyenne loves him. Uh, he's just not ready for that. And I'm guessing what MTV wants, like the the narrative that they're going to shape is that like we're going to be rooting for the family to be together because that's how I'm feeling when I'm watching this. I'm like, fuck this Zach guy. Like, move in with Corey yeah. and the two of you like make it and raise this kid together. I think that's like what the natural instinct for the audience is. And because they made court, like I thought it was pretty douchey, but he also wasn't mean, you know, he was like, he seems no. like a good dad. He's like really active. He seems like he cares about shy in whatever way. And I think like we're, they weren't fighting at all. If anything, they were like getting along super well. So, Actually that scene where he brought her the flowers was very flirty. Very and it's like, oh, didn't you bring those for me? And, you know. He's like, so, you can have one. 
They, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think we're going to be rooting for them to get back together. And I think just like Cheyenne's put Zach on the back burner, the audience is going to put Zach on the back burner. I think I've already put Zach on the back burner. You keep telling me he's good looking and I like can't even remember what he looks like. He is good looking. When you watch on Monday, you'll be like, oh yeah, he's good looking. I just remember Corey and his two friends and how nobody on this show has a shirt that has sleeves. If you want to be on this show... You have to wear an extreme cutoff tank top. I just, yeah, I definitely think, though, that we're going to be rooting for Zach to go away. I think Zach is going to be a real, he's going to be a real Jordan, like, from Kale. Yes, yes. Because remember when, like, we wanted Joe and Kale to get back together and, like, we thought they would? And, like, she was cheating on Jordan. It's like, yeah, get back and together. Everyone was just like, what, why is Jordan in this picture? Yeah, get rid like, of Jordan. Yeah, that's what I think Zach's going to be like. I wonder if it's going to be, like, in a non-offensive way. Like, not he's not going to be, like, actively fighting with Cheyenne or Corey. But, like, we're going to be... I think it's just natural for the audience and for everyone to be like, well, we want the family to be together. Right. Especially, Especially if when Cheyenne I mean, him. so far the family seems like pretty decent people. Yeah. You know? So yeah, we'll see. I'm interesting. I'm wondering if there's going to be, like you said, Zach and Corey drama. I wonder if Cheyenne will cheat on Zach because apparently she doesn't mind cheating. Um, I wonder <laughs> if. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, like if Corey will start sleeping with another girl. I think oh, that will yeah, bring, that's I think interesting. And then Diane will get that. jealous and yes. pretend like she's not jealous. Yeah. Yeah. And then Zach will be like, why do you care? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. I think there's, I think they did set up, like, not that much actually happened in this episode with them, like, drama-wise. It was actually, like, a pretty easy No, it was just, like, watching, I, I compared it to watching, like, TLC, when you're just yeah. watching, like, a, a happy John and Kate moment, like, pre-drama, or a happy Duggars moment, even, when you're just like, oh, look at that, the kids are cute, they're playing, the parents are taking them to activities, it's so nice, you know, it's just, like, yeah. nice to watch people do normal things, and have kids not be abused and neglected, and, you know. I agree. Refreshing. They definitely, like, pulled me in, though. Absolutely, they pulled me in. And I did, I was not active on the hashtag this Monday because, um, like I told you earlier, I'm interviewing and I just had to put the Twitter on lockdown till I oh, hear yeah, about the job nice. one way or the other. Um, but I did notice there were a few people who were, like, tuning in for Cheyenne. So I do yeah. think they managed to pull in a couple people from the challenge who might not normally watch. Uh, there was way more people wondering why she was on the show, um, hating the fact that she wasn't a teen mom, bringing up that apparently racist comment she made online. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't really want to talk about them because I don't care, but she said she hates white people and she once retweeted. <laughs> it's really bad that um, white babies could die or something. <laughs> But she was literally 17 years old. She was watching The Help. And I just, I don't care. I, I'm sorry, I don't care. I don't care. I don't a, care either. I don't, woman, want, I don't want to play this game of like, oh, Cheyenne's just as racist as David. 
That's not true. No. She if, said some stupid shit. It's not even that stupid. If a I mean, seventeen year old well, the baby one was like not great. It was like I wanna <laughs> kill white babies. Like it was it wasn't good. It wasn't a good tweet. It was a bad, bad tweet. And I'm not like condoning the tweet or saying it's fine, but like am I gonna do I really care like if a seventeen year old black girl like felt some anger about white people when she was watching the help? Like no. Exactly. I don't. And that's literally, she was live tweeting the help. Like, that's, it's like where these tweets came about. Although I will say she gave a really shitty apology the other day and said something about, like, I shared this Twitter account and the person I, one of the people I shared yeah, it with, like, one of those. retweeted it. And it's like, just own up and be like, I was a seven, I'm a, a black woman. I was 17. Like, I, like was feeling a lot of anger about racism and I said something that was really shitty and I don't feel that way, but like I retweeted something to be edgy and provocative and it was wrong. That's all she had to say. I agree. Um, I think I'm not surprised she didn't give a great apology. Nobody on these shows ever seems to be able to string together such an eloquent uh, apology like you can for them, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's stupid. So, anyways, my point was, I do think she did bring in a few new viewers. It'll be interesting to so. see if she brings in enough new viewers to counter the other viewers are upset about her being on the show. But, like, I, think, I liked it. I'm not going to not watch it because of her. I think that the people that are not watching it because of her, it's, like, it's so minuscule. And there are people that are either already not watching the show and just following it online anyway, you know, like, right. like, or it's like, okay, so you're willing to watch like Bristol and pro-life Tyler and Kate. And I mean, I can think of all, I mean, like, Bristol has, if we're going to go sh- down the path of all the shit done Janelle's done, stuff. all the shit Janelle's right. done over the years, all the shit Kale says, um, like, we could go down. You know what I mean? It's like, that's where you're going to draw the line because she tweeted, retweeted something well, stupid when she was 17. Like that's because you're racist. And I don't think it's going to like, exactly. <laughs> it's going to say, we know the type of people who are offended by Cheyenne's tweets, but are not offended by Chanel. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I'm not excusing like the tweet. I mean, the, I hate white people. I'm like, truly don't care about it all but the tweet about killing white babies was bad it was a bad and it was an offensive tweet but she was a 17 year old black woman and i just don't care (laughs) agreed i i agree so i'm going to bat for cheyenne here every time and that's why i purposely like hadn't really talked about it on this podcast because i don't care about it and i'm not i don't like we're talking about it now and it's fine but like i was not talking about it because i just didn't care to bring it attention because like I think it's bullshit that anybody cares about it. I mean, I think before she was on the show, it was completely irrelevant. I think now that she's on the show, it's worth mentioning yeah, that this people is, are talking you know, about it. Right. Yeah, and here's my thing. It's like, she didn't want to kill all white babies. Like, she didn't <laughs> think that way. Like, come on. It just... Yeah, it's, it's stupid. It's out of context, and we can move on from it. Yes. And uh, if you have a problem with that, like, feel free not to listen to Feathers in My Hair. Because this podcast is always going to go to bat for black women. Like, Agreed. And I love having her as part of the cast. And I know. It's nice I to see. I look forward to just looking at them some more. It's nice to see, like, a speck of diversity on this fucking show. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And it's Absolutely. nice, like, there's an extended, like, Corey's black, her parents are black, like, there's, you know what I mean? Like, it's an extended. It's right. And, you know, it's also, it's a very positive black yes. family that we're seeing on TV. Agreed. They all get along. Everybody seems to like each other. It's not like the screaming, angry black woman stereotype yeah. yet. It's just a really nice, wholesome black family that we're seeing on TV. And it's great. I agree. I, I'm feeling good about it. And like I said, I've at first I was like, this literally makes no sense. And then I got to a place where I was like, I actually don't care. Great. <laughs> but the fact that she wasn't a teen mom is so minuscule. I I don't, I don't know why care. people are hung up on that. Nobody on this show is a teenager anymore. I think We've the moved on. only argument that I do understand against the new moms is that they just don't care about them. And, like, that's fair enough. Like, I saw our dear Twitter friend Snuffy um, <laughs> tweeting that, like, <laughs> we, I don't care about them because, like, the only reason I care about these other people is because I've been watching them for 10 years. Like, that's the only reason that I care about them. So I don't care about these new moms. And I think that's fair. Like, I, I do get that. Like, I get it a little bit, but I have cared about Bristol for the past 10 years. It's not a complete random, well, you know. Agreed. But what I'm saying and is, like, I don't people care about Cheyenne from the other shows. I I just get though, like individually, why people, if people are like, I really don't like new. Their drama is not good enough for me to care about. Like, it doesn't fit into this team mom universe I've been following for ten years. Like, I can understand that. I just don't agree with it. Yeah, I I, I hear you. I I guess. I understand where they're coming from, but if the choice is kill Teen Mom off completely or start bringing in new blood, um, I want yeah. them to bring in new blood because I don't want this show to ever end just like you. Okay. I want this show to go on until we see one of the girls become a grandmother. Yeah. Until, until one of the children has a teen pregnancy themselves, which it's not that far off, guys. We've only got no. five more years, and I'm Leah's sure it's going to happen. Leah's going to be a grandma in eight years. <laughs> uh, Farrah might even beat her to it. We'll see. No, I think Farrah will start getting her, like, the depot shot when she's, like, 12. I don't think Sophia's. Plus, Sophia doesn't interact with other children, yeah. and she is very immature. So. I actually don't think Sophia will be. I would be very, very surprised because I think Farah. if there's one thing that Farah knows how to do is to not get pregnant again. That's true. That is very true. And I think the only reason that Farah got pregnant in high school is because she had fucking psychotic parents that wouldn't let her get on birth control. And she wanted an abortion too. So she's yeah. not anti that either. Yeah, she wanted an abortion, but also like she... I wouldn't be surprised if Farrah had an abortion since Teen Mom's been on air. Yeah, probably. I mean, isn't she like an escort now? Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if she did. But, like, I think Farrah... Do you remember in, like, season one or two of Teen Mom, she wanted to be on NuvaRing and she, like... You had to keep it in the fridge. She had to keep it in the fridge. Yeah, I remember her parents next to, like, her found it. Box. Her parents found it and, like, flipped out. And I remember thinking, like, why would you be mad? Like, they were mad that she was having sex. Like, whatever. I get that. But, like, she's trying to not get pregnant again. Like, how can you be mad about that? I know. 
So I really, I think if Farrah had different parents, like, she would have been, she would have been like, I need to go on birth control. Like, I'm having sex with my boyfriend and we're having sex every day without condoms. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Farrah, Farrah, Farrah. Okay. Caitlin, who wasn't really in this episode. It was Tyler's episode. Kate's about to have a tough season. Who they're giving Kate the villain at <laughs> They, oh my god. Um, I want to touch light. I I want to be cautious when I'm talking about this because I know it's such a sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. But, man, did Kate not come off great in this no, episode. No, she did not. But I also don't think Tyler is a reliable narrator. Okay, well, let's. Let's get into it. So, where did we start with them? We start with it's Nova like, playing with a turtle. Yeah, and Kim. No, we basically yeah we start with like first second we find out Kate's in rehab, and I wrote down where are we in the timeline? But this is like sometime in January because Tyler is to meet with Kim and he tells Kim like that Kate just left for rehab. And um, she left for rehab immediately upon returning back last season, right? Like, we like saw the weeks. return. I think she came back around Christmas and was gone January 17th. So okay. very short. Like, yeah, yeah, so very shortly. So I emphasize a lot with Tyler. I have a lot of empathy for Tyler. I think he's in a very tough position. But at the same time, I... I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I get what Tyler's saying when he's like, I feel like the empathy is being sucked out of me, which is why I'm like not so sure that like he is a completely reliable narrator. Because I think he's really coming from a place of bitterness and resentment. And so like he's feeding us this like Kate is lazy. Kate is fat. Kate is gross. Kate doesn't move. Kate skips all her stuff when she's at therapy. Like, she's not going to class. When he's like, well, Kate said she didn't go to her group today and, like, she decided to sleep in. I'm like, yeah, but was that group, like, collaging or was it therapy? You know, like. Right, right. Yeah. I just, I'm not so willing to be like Tyler's painting us a completely accurate picture because Tyler's in a very dark place during this. That is true. So is he piling on the Kate hate? Because of how just overwhelmed and bitter and stressed he is. Yeah, and I don't think. Or he's is coming, she truly a monster? Or I don't is think it he's somewhere coming in from between? An unfair place, you know. Like I understand why he's saying this stuff about Kate and why he feels this way about Kate. I'm just not sure, like, if the person closest to her that is most directly hurt by this is like the person that's best to explain to us what's going on. Right, right. Um, I will say, I have two toddlers, and my husband, like, goes out of town here and there. He goes on business trips and whatnot for a couple days at a time. It's hard, man. It's hard being a single parent. (laughs) If I, you know, my husband went to Vegas once with his buddies, and I was home with the kids, and they're screaming, and I'm trying to give them a bath, and it's chaos and he calls me from Vegas and he's like oh it's a great time just hanging out by the pool relaxing that, <laughs> that can 
type of person crazy. You know, yeah. I, I totally empathize with Tyler on where yes. he's coming from and where that bitterness is coming from. I thought, I can't understand why they're FaceTiming every night. I don't see how that's good for Nova. I don't see how it's good for Kate. And I don't see how it's good for Tyler. Um, Tyler yeah, tells, if she's going to go away and she should, get this intensive therapy, then do it. Yeah, go away, talk once a get week. the therapy. You know? Like, I mean, I, I just Sorry, what was maybe, that? I was going to say they should talk once a week. Like, they don't, they don't need to talk every day. Um, Kim, first of all, I think Kim and Tyler have gotten a little too comfortable shit-talking Kate on camera. <laughs> I know, because she's going to see all this. Yes, I and think there was a way... How that going to affect her mental health? I think there was a way that they could have... Kate says that she's not going to watch this, and I genuinely hope she doesn't. Um, Kate, or Kim... And Tyler, I feel like, need to, even if they're not feeling it, could rein in the hate a little, like, when they're talking. <laughs> um, Kim... Yeah, but I did appreciate that it did feel very raw. Yeah, it, it did. I know, and I'm a hypocrite, because I'm like, be real! And then I'm like, could you reel it in? <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like, you know, I, I'm so bitter that I can't even find my filter right now. Yes. I agree. But at the same time, sometimes I wonder, like, how much Tyler puts on for the cameras. Because he has like, to know the is, internet. Is the internet the, was the martyr t- syndrome here. I mean, he, he he gets on social media. We know Tyler loves to check social media. And the minute that Kate announced she was going back to treatment, like, Reddit, Twitter, Instagram was flooded with, like, how dare she? What is she doing? She's just going on vacation. So Tyler had to know that would be, like, what the audience was feeling when they started filming again. Right. So do you think that he's playing that up to be, like, even more of a martyr and get even more sympathy points? I do. Because I think that's, like, what Tyler is oh and i also want to discuss caitlin and tyler's current pregnancy now i've seen Uh, a lot online i've seen a lot online that caitlin has trapped tyler with the new baby first of all caitlin's not trapping tyler like i think it's incredibly insane to think that caitlin got pregnant behind tyler's back i think what realistically happened is that they're both like lazy and stupid and just didn't care about birth control and that she wasn't taking her pill the way that she should have, and Tyler should have half a brain to know that Caitlin's not going to take the pill the way that she should and use condoms if he really didn't want to have a baby again. What traps Tyler in this relationship is his obsession with being Caitlin and Tyler from Teen Mom, and exactly. being the fact that he's a, they're the only couple that's still together in the entire franchise, not just an OG, but in Teen Mom 2. Like, he is obsessed with being Tyler from Teen Mom. He's obsessed with being husband goals. He's obsessed with being the good guy. Like, that's what traps Tyler. This baby isn't trapping him. And also, like, Caitlin, I'm sorry, is not a devious person. Like, I really, she she isn't a great person, but she's not devious. And she's not malicious. And I find it very hard to believe that she, like, purposely got pregnant behind Tyler's back. Considering that, like... I think Kate has made it pretty clear that she never wanted another baby after Nova. And the only reason they got pregnant last time was because Tyler pushed her to do it. And I find it hard to believe that, like, 
he was, they both, like, agreed to be sloppy on birth, they were both being sloppy on birth control. Like, she I have, wasn't I have a few bill. issues with this. Like, I agreed with you when you said that Caitlyn and Tyler are an entity, and this is their brand, is being together, and so he doesn't want to ruin that. Um, mm-hmm. I think if they broke up, he would still be okay. He would still be Tyler from Teen Mom and still be husband goals. But, you know, I get that their brand is being a couple. Mm-hmm. I think also, though, and I said this, I even said this about Nova, they're, the only thing they know how to do is have a baby. <laughs> like, that's yeah. how all of these moms have defined themselves. Because we defined that for them when they were 16 years old. So you are smart. a mom. You keep having babies. It's the only way they ever get, like, really positive feedback you know yeah they they're it's like a high like oh my god when we announce a pregnancy we're gonna get so many likes and we're gonna get so many comments and we're gonna get so many articles written about us and it's i think that's why they haven't they keep all keep having more babies it's like the only thing they know how to do to validate themselves and it's how they get their self-worth is through this through their fans, validating them, and having babies is what they do. Yes. Um, I, I can't believe that. that they're having another baby, though. It's crazy, especially watching this, knowing that this took place 10 months ago. Exactly. It's crazy. It, I mean, the reality is after Kate had that miscarriage, when she went into treatment for the first time, well, I guess the second time, but the first time last year, she should have gotten her IUD put back in when she was in treatment. She absolutely should have. I'm also so sick of this, like, oh, well, it just happened. It was just an accident. You guys knew this was a possibility. You've been pregnant, like, four times by now. Yeah. Why wasn't you Tyler know, using a condom every time? Like, You know how to prevent a pregnancy. Get an IUD. Get on something more permanent. I don't believe that it was just, like, truly an oopsie it happened. I think... I think they wanted it to happen because they don't know what else to do. They don't, they okay. don't know how else to save their marriage. They don't know what to work on together. Yeah. They just they just know how the to band-aid have the band aid baby. I exactly I, yeah. I agree. I definitely don't disagree with that, but I don't know if they consciously knew that. Yeah. So I think the yeah. easier way to do it is like Kate was like missed three pills in a row. Whoopsies. Tyler knows that Kate is irresponsible and irreliable, but still isn't wearing condoms. Whoopsies. Uh-oh, exactly, now yeah. we're pregnant. I don't yep, think and then they like, were. Well, actually, it's great because now we can take beautiful pictures in a rainbow yes. crown and everyone will love it. I don't think they were purposely getting pregnant, but I think you make a very, very good point that this is a bandit baby and that it was like accidentally on purpose. Right, right. And um, it's such a bad time to have a baby because he, he he says it's not depressing, it's repulsing. Yeah, but it also then Tyler says, well, I haven't been happy in my marriage for two years. It's like, so why exactly. did you push Kate to get her IUD out? She would have it's never taken, she canceled multiple appointments. They played that, I forgot that little detail, and they played it on like the last season on Teen Mom, and the, the doctor goes... Now, Kate, uh, you've canceled, like, multiple appointments. Are you sure you want to get this out? Like, she... She was hesitating. She was so hesitating. Tyler was like, 
you have to surprise me. You have to surprise me. Get the eye. Because Tyler wanted to be like a viral sensation. Like when he. Fa- yeah. And that's YouTube. why I don't think that Tyler sees this as a marriage. I think he just sees it as how he's famous. And this is how he gets his self-validation and self-worth is through these YouTube videos that are going to go viral and through these pictures yeah. that get a lot of likes, you know? Yeah. Well, and- none of them are thinking this through. Like you're bringing a life into the world. It's not about the surprise pregnancy announcement. Yeah. So when I hear Tyler says he hasn't been happy in his marriage in two years, it's like, okay, so seven months ago, why were you pushing your wife to get her IUD out? That doesn't make any sense, which is why I know that Kate didn't have to trap him into this new baby because he was apparently miserable when he pushed her to get the IUD out. (sighs) I, I don't know what's going through Tyler's head. I really don't. You could, um, the hate was radiating off of him when they showed up when they showed Caitlyn FaceTime in, <laughs> and she goes, "We should get a nor- another horse for Callie." I was oh like, my god! What the fuck are you talking about? Another girl? What? What is with her and these? Why do they keep insisting on bringing more living things into their universe? Because Kate has a very, very deep void that she should fill with spirituality. Instead she of... needs to fill it with something other than living, breathing creatures. Yeah. but They like, had a turtle. Smell. They had a horse. They had ducks. They have chickens. Who's taking care of all these animals? I don't know. But I could smell the hate coming off of Tyler. It was, it was definitely something. And I, Kim could see it. Everybody, I was going to say, this is where I like started to kind of question Tyler's narration of what Kate was doing because Kate like said to him, like, I'm going to, I'm going, I went on a nature hike today. I'm going to watch a movie tonight. And then when Tyler's talking to his mom at her house, he's like, and she's watching movies. And I'm like, hold on. She said she was going to watch a movie at nighttime. Like, that's what you do in rehab. Like you watch a movie at night because like, you're not, you stop therapy the therapists go home like you're not in 24-hour therapy you watch movies at night like that's what you do so that's what i was like he also "Hmm." doesn't really know what rehab is about and i think he's thinking if i'm working at home 24 7 you better be working 24 7 on yourself at rehab because we're not doing this again yeah and i i mean how much work is kate actually doing it this treatment like I don't know I still don't think her going there was like the best option she should have probably just went to like a short inpatient stay at a local hospital where they could have like stabilized her meds and then went into an intensive outpatient program but I mean the reality is if she was going to kill herself and like this kept her alive then like okay she went for six weeks yeah um but I mean it's so obvious Kate is running away Yes. She's running away from her life. She doesn't want... That's, that's the most interesting thing part part of this to me is because they're both so wrapped up in their brand of being a couple and being parents, but neither of them want to be a couple. Kate doesn't really seem to want to be a mom. I mean, maybe she does. Maybe her illness is just, like, taken over, but I, she she wants to go on nature hikes and watch movies. Yeah, I think that Kate, it's funny because I think everybody's like, Tyler wants to leave Kate, Tyler wants to leave Kate, but I think Kate wants to leave Tyler too. I do too. 
Like, I, I don't... Kate wants this life that they've built together. No, I think she, like... It, Tyler's just, like, the person that she happens to be with. Like, they, I wonder if they have anything in common. Like, if they laugh. Like, what... I just think everybody focuses on the fact that Tyler wants to leave Kate. And I'm going to be honest, and this is why, because Kate is fat and Tyler isn't. And so I think everybody assumes that it has to be Tyler that wants to leave Kate because there's no way that someone thin could like a fat woman. I'm 100% sure of this. Um, that this and is why the a flip lot of side of that is Kate will never leave Tyler because she could never get anybody yes, else. Yes. You know? And like Kate, like, yeah, is desperate to stay with Tyler because she's fat. Is, right. is the narrative. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I think Kate... I wouldn't be surprised. Apparently they separate, like, at some point this season. I, I don't fucking know. The timeline is crazy. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if Kate was the one that says, I want a separation. I agree. I think Kate is desperate for something other than what she has at home. She yes. doesn't know how to achieve that, so she keeps going to rehab or she keeps buying more horses or yes. ducks or whatever to try to change what her life is, and it's not working for her because there's no amount of horses that are going to solve what's really going on here that they don't want to be together. Yeah. The amount of fat shaming I've seen about Kate recently is been Also, though, can I fat shame Tyler for a minute? Because his sure. weight has really yo-yoed also. Like, he was well, looking pretty puffy in the face. I know. He even posted episode. a picture. Like, good thing I started working out after this. But, like, Tyler, <laughs> right. like, posted the diet he follows, and he's starving himself. He eats, like, an apple in the morning. He has chicken breast for lunch and then, like, a salmon for dinner. Like, that's yeah, all it's great. I mean, that's why his weight fluctuates yeah. so great. It's like, oh, no, I'm getting puffy. And then he, like, drastically cuts down yeah. on every single thing he eats. I mean, good for Tyler that he's, like, finding a hobby, which is, like, working out and dieting. Like, whatever. I'm not going to knock him for that. But, like, the fat shaming of Kate has just been so off the wall. And people are, like, like, on Reddit, it's been insane. Like, posting pictures of her when she, like, was like 20 and a lot thinner and it's like look how happy kate looks here and it's like was she happy though like she was thin was she happy or also like she's 20 years old her life was different then you know yeah and like like all she's doing in this picture like someone posted it's like kate looks so happy here she's just like holding her phone up you know to a mirror and she's like making like a weird kissy face and i guarantee oh, I she posted that that yeah. same i mean and she's still post pictures like that if, if she posted that same exact picture all the comments on reddit and twitter would be like she looks like a miserable bitch and it's because she's fat and people are like call her lazy disgusting they say she probably doesn't shower she's unclean like the amount of like negativity that is basically coded fat shaming and I really think that if Kate was thin doing all of the same stuff that she's doing the hate like the comments would look totally different I do agree with you a lot of it is coded fat shaming um but I mean Tyler did say that she laid around on the couch all day I don't know how true that is um I mean it was like before she thought she was gonna kill herself like right. no I know I know like uh, yeah, I agree like, with you. It's it's real. has always been about that, and I mean, TV has always been about that. Yes. You know, we want to see beautiful people on TV, and anytime there's somebody who doesn't fit that mold, like Caitlyn or Kale or back in the day Amber, you know, mm-hmm. oh my God, they get put through hell. 
And I do want to say, though, like, there are legitimate criticisms of Kate. And, like, she is making a lot of weird choices and, like, not great choices. And she makes a lot of mistakes. And I'm not saying that, like, all criticism of her comes from fat shaming. But, like, just what I've been noticing and, like, people will pull up pictures of her when she's thin and they'll be like, well, when I'm taking care of myself, like, I feel better. And she's like, it's so obvious that she hates herself and she's not taking care of herself because look at her body. And, like, her right. boobs are so big. And, like, it's all, it seems like a lot of, like, well, it's obvious, like, it's obvious she's not doing better because look at how fat she is. Like, that's a lot of the conversation around her. Like, that she couldn't possibly be better now in October 2018 than she was in February because she's still fat. That's true. I, she could be doing a lot better now. We don't know anything. We and don't know. I, I mean, Reddit is the worst of the worst I mean, when it comes Twitter to things like that shaming and racism. Yeah, the internet is, you know. Yeah. So I agree with you. Um, it, it sucks. It sucks for Caitlin. I can't imagine reading that day in and day out about myself either. No, I would, I would. I just want Caitlin off TV. I think, I, well, I know you said this before, but like, man, this show has treated them the worst. No healing comes on TV, and I'm, like, a very firm believer of that. And then when we see Tyler go to his holistic psychiatry, which, like, okay. But <laughs> I, forgot about that. I haven't looked as that much into it, so I'm not going to, like, speak on it and act like I know what I'm talking about. But I do know that Tyler is has apparently been diagnosed with bipolar, too, but doesn't want to take any medicine for it and is taking a more holistic approach. Okay, fine. I haven't really looked into it. That's That's that on that. Um, but it's like, okay, so your psychiatrist is willing to see you on TV. They're a fraud. Bye. You're still in TV counseling. Like he's still in TV counseling. And did you like when that lady came in and she's like, this is just really going to help clear the alpha waves in your head. And I, what, yeah. What was that? Do you, did you watch pretty wild? Because the mom on Pretty Wild used to wear those because she was really into the secret and, um, like, new age energy and, like, would always wear those, like, ear clip things all the time to clear her alpha waves. Um, I didn't know this was the first time I heard about alpha waves. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not really sure what exactly what type of doctor he's seen. He needs to be in some legit therapy. Off camera. He has so much going on off camera. Absolutely. No, no camera therapy is real. And any therapist that's like willing to go on camera with you is immediately suspect. Agreed. He needs a therapist. Kate needs a vocal therapist. Yes. Uh, They need a family therapist. I need Kate would really benefit from like an intensive outpatient therapy where she goes like, or even what's called PHP partial hospitalization where you go five days a week for eight hours a day because it would be very beneficial for her to be sleeping at home, having to deal with Nova and Tyler at nights in the mornings, having to wake up on time to get somewhere and go somewhere every day, but it's not the responsibility of a job and you're still working on healing yourself. I think that would be perfect for her because she needs to learn how to cope with what her life is at home. And I don't think that's what she's getting at rehab. She's not learning the coping mechanisms of 
life with a toddler and life with a man that you hate, you know? And if she was at home, she could go in and be like, last night, Tyler did this. This morning, Nova did this. And I fucking hate them. And then they could, like, work on what she does. But in treatment in Arizona, it's, like, on the abstract. Right, right. So I totally agree with you. Um, She did, or somebody said that, somebody was telling Nova that Caitlin was at work. Oh, yeah, Tyler told her that. I I didn't understand why she said that. Um, I didn't understand either, but, I mean, she's still so young. She's not even three yet. Or maybe she had just turned three when they filmed this. I guess. But then when you were talking about, like, going somewhere every day for eight hours, I'm like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense that it it could be her job. Her full-time job could be getting better, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think Kate obviously has a chemical imbalance that leads to her mental illness and has a lot of trauma and she probably has CPSD and has a lot of issues. But I also think she suffers from like a complete lack of direction and motivation in life. And that's something that I deeply can relate to. Like even when I moved back from Florida to Pennsylvania and like didn't have a job for two weeks, like in that, and I was at my beach house for like five days during that. So like, In, like, the six days that I was home without a job, I was, like, sleeping till 1 o'clock every day, laying around not doing anything. Like, I need to be in a schedule routine or I, like, slip into a dark place. And I think that's probably the same for Kate. Like, she's never had that, though. She doesn't know how to set it up for herself. No, she doesn't. Which is why PHP or IOP would be good because it'd be, like, a good way to like introduce to her brain like I have to get up every day I have to be somewhere every day I'm accountable to this but People it's not like a job where me. she's gonna get fired and right. has to do like have the responsibility of a job it's like a very good in between and it's like a way to learn like as silly as it sounds like every day you have to get out of bed you have to make your bed you have to take a shower and you have to go into like into this place like I think that would benefit Kate a lot she just comes home I think the issue is like she comes home and then what she lays on the couch because why wouldn't she lay on the couch what else is she gonna do Nova's at daycare her and Tyler don't work so what what's there to do I mean she could go take care of the horse (laughs) realistic you know realistically like what is Kate doing like yeah physical labor is like I know people are listening they're gonna be like she could go work out she could do this it's like No, she's not doing those things. Like, those are not realistic things for her to do. Like, she's not realistically... She came back... First of all, she came back from Arizona to Michigan (laughs) in December. (laughs) It was dark as fuck. It was cold as fuck. She probably didn't want to leave her house. Like, for that reason, too. Like, Kate needs a place to, like, prove to herself that she can be every day. But, like, I'm not surprised that she came out of rehab and got worse. Because what would... What was she doing? Yeah, she has she has no motivation to get out of bed every day because she doesn't have to go anywhere, and she, um, yeah, nobody depends on her. No, and I and Nova doesn't even depend on her because Nova nope. depends like Tyler takes care of her. Yes, and it, it's sad and because she Kate's is not a self motivating person. That's been clear from day one. You know, no, and I relate to not going to suddenly start going to the gym. She's yeah, never found exactly. the motivation to do that. Exactly. Even in high school, she didn't have motivation to go to class. Yes. After high school, she had like a retail job for like a day and then she quit that. I mean, 
I mean, and the reality is that probably stems from, like, having PTSD her entire fucking life. And, like, just, like, terrible trauma her entire life. Yeah, and the only way she's going to unlearn that is, like, slowly taking steps. And exactly, like, Kate is not going to wake up and go to yoga class. Like, that's just not realistic, which is probably why she feels so fucking good at rehab. Because they make her get up. They make her get out of bed. I really don't believe she has the option to sleep in very often. That's, like, not a thing that happens in treatment. Like, I I don't believe that that's a regular thing for her. Which is why I was kind of like, hmm, at Tyler saying that. But, yeah. like, when she says, like, I went on a nature hike today, like, that, it probably felt great because you, it does feel good to go on walks and to get endorphins, to be outside. It was really beautiful outside. She's It's February in Arizona. Like, right, She's probably right. loving it. And they probably went on a – she's, like, in Sedona, and they probably went on, like, a beautiful hike. And, <laughs> like, that's – she's not going to do that in Michigan. She doesn't know how to do that in Michigan but in Arizona, she knows how to get up in the morning. She knows how to make her bed and she knows how to shower and she knows how to go to these groups, which is why she needs to be going to such a strict aftercare PHP, then IOP, then OP type of situation so that like she can bring that like sense of routine home with her. I think what happened was she got home and was like, well, I hate my life and I have nowhere to be. So like, peace out. I'm going to the couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I am. Um, I hope she's listening and she gets gets her life together because now there's going to be another baby, yes. and she needs to figure it out. I think this is a real. This second baby is going to be a real sink or swim for Kate. Absolutely, it, Tyler cannot take care of them both without her. No, she needs I, to step I, up. And how's she going to do that? Is she going to pull an amber and completely change and be great and calm and take care of the baby? I hope so. And I think she doesn't even have to, like, nobody's asking her to step up and be a perfect mom, you know? But, like, she, God, I really do wish her and Tyler would separate. Because, like, Kate also has no identity outside of being Kate from Teen Mom and Tyler's wife. Like, none. Like, Kate probably doesn't even know. That's probably also another reason she loves being in rehab. Because she doesn't have to film. She doesn't have to talk about Carly if she doesn't want to. She doesn't have to, like, be Tyler's wife when she's in rehab. She just, like, gets to hang out with the other ladies in rehab and just, like, chill and be a normal person. Yeah, she she doesn't know who she is, and she's not going to figure it out with Tyler. She's no. Not. And he and doesn't know who he is, probably. Although, at least Tyler does stuff. He goes to the gym. He has the clothing line. He likes to work on the house. Like... And that's always how it's been. And it's why, like, they're so ill-suited for each other. Yeah, Caitlin doesn't really have any interest other than saying that she's interested in all these animals. I'll keep bringing that up. But, like, I don't really see that as a true interest of hers. No, Caitlin not... likes to smoke pot, watch TV, scroll on the internet. And, like, I high-key relate to that. <laughs> but, like, but the difference between Kate and I is that I have to work. And so, like, I'm, I mean, I'm on the other up. spectrum. I'm a Mackenzie McKee where I'm like constantly, <laughs> constantly doing stuff. So uh, I don't, um, I don't really have that, that empathy. Uh, but, but I, I get like, it. Man, I, I wish I could be like that. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely like that. And I think it comes from the same reason as Kate, like early childhood trauma. And like when you have a lot of early high, 
childhood trauma, it's very hard, at least for me, and I'm assuming for Kate too, it's very hard to develop goals. It's very hard to develop so self-motivation. Like, I was never able to, like, envision my life as an adult, like, to make future plans. Like, it's very hard to plan, basically, like, from a very young age. And, but like I said, like, the difference between me and Kate is that, like, I have to get up and go to work every day. And, like, I have to be accountable in that way. And, like, forcing myself up and going to work makes it easier to, like, go to the gym. And it makes it easier to, like, have friends and meet with friends. And, like, having, like, an outside purpose, like, helps a lot and solves a lot of it. And, like, thank God I didn't just, like, get famous and I never have to be anywhere. Like, I'd be a mess. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. So, anything else on on Kate? No, I think that's okay. it. I'm ready to talk Brissy. Dear Brissy, do you think her family calls her Briss? I don't think so. Isn't that like a circumcision? Yeah. Hey, Briss. <laughs> I'm a nickname person. Um, I have to give people nicknames. Like I do too. Life. So I, I uh, have a lot of nicknames for everybody in my life. I mean, my name is a nickname. Most. I know yeah. everybody on the internet knows me as Thad, but, like, it is pretty much what I go by in my daily life, so. Is that what you go by uh, at work? No, I, I don't go by that at work, which is why you won't guys won't be able to dox me, because you'll be at work knows <laughs> about this life. But, yeah, I definitely, like, am a person that, if I knew Bristol, I would be calling her Brissy. Uh, I, I don't know that I can jump on the Brissy bandwagon just yet, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see Everybody has to have is. a shortened nickname. <laughs> All right, so Bristol comes on stage. I thought she looked beautiful. Okay, her she... new face is a lot to take in, but it looks good. <laughs> it is so, it's just such a stereotypical, it's like the new plastic face that everybody yeah, the has. Yeah, Kardashian face. She got the It's the Kardashian face. face, it's the Farrah face. It's like a combination of Farrah and Janelle and a Kardashian in it, but it's just like so standard now. Yes, the exact filters, the nose job, she did a little something to her chin area, maybe got the Kybella, she dropped a cool 30 pounds, like she looked good. She has a whole different face, right, she looks good, but she looks just like everybody else. Yeah, and um, I, what I would like, in my ideal world is that we don't have to see Bristol pretending to be relatable when she's like, I'm like every other teen mom. It's oh, like, I know, I know. What I what know was, was like what it genuinely felt like for her in 2008 to have like this guy who she hated because they broke up like the minute the election was over. Like this guy that she did not care about who was like an idiot asshole, her crazy parents and family, and that she was pregnant on like the largest stage in the world. Like, that to me is interesting as fuck. Not like, I need to get up in the nighttime too. Like, who cares? You're not (laughs) relatable. And it's fine that you're not relatable because you have an especially interesting and unique story. 100% agree. I don't want to hear about um, anything other than what it was like to be with Sarah Palin in 2008. That's the stuff that I want to hear she wasn't your average teen mom. She didn't have the same no. like financial struggles. She didn't have she didn't have that aspect that everybody else has. That's okay. 
you had your own issues to deal with, outing yourself as being pregnant to the country, you know, at a time when that was like the platform of the GOP. It's crazy that that happened. I agree with you. That's what I want to hear about, Crystal. And it's like not even relatable to the teen mom girls because none of them got pregnant. Yeah, they became pregnant for being teen moms, but not until their kids were like three. Right. Like, Bristol was pregnant and famous. I, yeah, I agree with you that that would have been such a more interesting narrative than the the very canned staged speech that she gave at Willow's bachelorette party. Which, you know, by her, the like, way, Bristol did not go to Willow's wedding, which was this past weekend. She was really? in Alaska and left the night before because, um, which one is her older brother, Track? Or, yes, like, Track got arrested. around her age. So Track got arrested for domestic violence, but didn't the incident occur, like, back in December, and he was just arrested for it? Um, uh, or was there mess. something that triggered it? I think there was a, Does a probation Track have or PTSD, too? Wasn't he in the military? Did Track yes. go to the military? Yes. yes. Track was in the military. Track has PTSD. Sarah tried to blame a lot of his initial violent, violence issues on that, um, but then it just kind of, kind of has gone so far off yeah. the defense. Well, Dakota apparently doesn't want his girls around track at all. And Willow promised Bristol that track would not be at the wedding. And the night before the wedding, of which Bristol was to be the maid of honor, she found out that track was coming and she left Alaska with her kids and didn't go to the wedding. Now, if that's film for Teen Mom OG, bring on the palins. <laughs> Oh my god, like, they're, that's they're like gifts. Drama, the family is I'm a gift because they have so many kids and yes. they're all crazy yes. and they're all doing stupid shit and getting arrested constantly. It's Positive great. Idiot. It's great television. Yes. That's the Palin family that I want to see. Like, that is peak white trash. Like, <laughs> and I like that. Like, I'm a I, look at what the shows that I watch. Like, I'm. <laughs> I'm not here for, like, I'm so relatable to the other teen moms. I'm here for, like, you can't have track at the wedding. I'm leaving. And, like, a screaming match between all of them. Like, I pray that that's what happened. I I think we might see it. I think we might. Because they clearly, they had, like, the filtered, canned, I want to be on Teen Mom because I want to show how, um, you know, how difficult it is. What did she say? If I can inspire somebody in their journey. yeah. Then my shit, my be... shit wasn't perfect. Right, right. I mean, that yeah. was just such a like. It I mean, was I think such they would a preparing the wedding, don't you think? Because I, I think they're going to want as much Alaska as possible. Oh, I think they're going to for want sure. As... Who doesn't love a reality show in Alaska? I love oh, it. God, Alaska State Troopers used to be my jam. My ex boyfriend <laughs> and I uh, used to like watch a lot of Discovery Channel, and um. Which, like, had the boy reality shows, you know, like, reality shows geared towards men. And my ex-boyfriend, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the reasons I loved him so much was because how much he loved reality TV. And, like, he loved all the Bravo shows, but then we would also watch all the Discovery Channel shows together, which was, like, the biggest catch, Moonshine, uh, Moonshiners. Like, there was a show about Moonshiners. People made Moonshine on it. Uh, 
Doomsday Preppers, which I loved. And then also they had a bunch of Alaska-based shows, which is like Alaska State Troopers, like Alaska, out in the bush. <laughs> like I love like, them, too. I, it's just, I think it's so fascinating to us because it's so different. Yeah, it's, game, it's reality TV for boys. <laughs> Agreed. And I, I agree. I love those Alaska shows as well. Um, we loved Whale Wars because they were so stupid and so bad at it. I did want to follow up on the track payment. I just looked it up. Mm-hmm. It says the here that he was arrested Friday after a female acquaintance said he told her she couldn't leave his house, blah, blah, blah. He took away her phone and hit her in the head. Oh. So this was just last Friday. He hit her in the head with a phone. Oh, um, he's trying to claim dangerous. that they were just arguing and that she did it to herself. Oh, um, God. I think he's trying to pretend like the girl was setting him up to go back to jail or something. Mm. He also kicked over a table, threw his head back at a trooper, and he was arrested. (sighs) So, track balance, still an asshole, still violent, um, still making bad decisions. So, I don't blame Dakota for not wanting his kids around him. No. So, here's my one compliment I'm going to give to Sarah Palin. That lady has a banging body. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah is beautiful. Uh, she's had I, how many kids? Six. There are six of them. Well, and she's I, how old? You know, I'm I'm not a trig truther, so oh, I believe I she had all five of her children. She has five kids. She's in her sixties, late fifties. Her body banging. Like when she looks they like fantastic. did like a full... She also has maybe messed with her face too much. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, anybody that's on TV has messed with their face too much at this point, basically. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but they did like uh, a full looks... body pan of her, and I was like, "Sarah, damn girl." <laughs> yeah, she she looks great. She came off fine in this episode. There wasn't a whole lot of her in this episode, which is good. I like, think we don't that this will be anything. how it is all season. I don't think we're gonna get a ton of Sarah, and I think when we do, it's gonna be like sounding board moments. Um, although I did read I was reading today stuff about Dakota because I find Dakota very interesting and I'm also a little confused where we are on the timeline with them because Dakota and Bristol yeah. are now divorced and it's October and I think this was shot around May um so yeah I'm a, I'm a little confused about that but apparently Bristol went back to Alaska for a little bit after the divorce so that would be nice. I would like to see Sarah beat up on Bristol a little bit for getting divorced. <laughs> you, but Bristol, you keep making will? mistakes. Yeah, I think I think they're very hard on Bristol. We'll see. We'll see how uh, Sarah comes off because I just I could see her not. I don't know. Actually, I, who knows with Sarah Payton? What, yeah, what we're gonna get? You know, who knows. But I don't think so. we're going to see a ton, a ton of her on the show. And I think it'll be like mostly in these like group setting contexts or like Sarah and Bristol will sit down to discuss the divorce and Sarah will be like, well, you have to do what you have to do, Bristol. Like, right. but it's not yeah. going to be like high drama with Sarah, which like, I, I think that's where it's going to be more of. And I think they, they want to avoid talking about the political aspect of who yes. Bristol Palin is. Absolutely. Um, which, which is unfortunate. I mean, I get it, but it's unfortunate because it's such a big part of her story. And uh, Yeah, the fact that Bristol spent like 10 years 
advocating for abstinence-only education, lobbying for pro-life laws, being against gay marriage. Not Sarah, Bristol. Right. Oh, I know. And I was... Bristol was part of the same organization that Macy was a part of. Let's not forget Macy did the same thing. They both were advocating for abstinence-only education while getting knocked off constantly. It's so crazy that we don't bring that up. Okay. So what I'm really mad about is the fact that they did not go into detail about Bristol and Dakota's history. Basically, Bristol and Dakota had a big wedding planned. And then, like, two days before it was supposed to happen, they caught off their wedding. Um, It was, like, not shocking, but everyone's like, huh, okay. Then, not long after that, she came out with this. And it says, I'm announcing this news a lot sooner than I ever expected due to the constant trolls who have nothing better to talk about. Three exclamation points. I wanted you guys to be the first to know that I'm pregnant. Honestly, I've been trying my hardest to keep my chin up on this one. At the end of the day, there's nothing I can't do without God by my side. And I know I'm fully capable of handling anything that is put in front of me with dignity and grace. Life moves on no matter what. So no matter how you feel, you get up, you get dressed, show up, and never give up. When life gets tough, there's no other option but to get tougher. I know this has been and will be a huge disappointment to my family, to my close friends, and to many of you. But please respect trips and my privacy during this time. I do not want any lectures and I do not want any sympathy. My little family always has and always will come first. Trip, the new baby, and I will all be fine because God is merciful. (laughs) That's a wild pregnancy announcement. I could have recited that verbatim because I remember it so clearly and thinking that this announcement was so odd sad it came a month after she called off the wedding it was so sad she's already she's already talking about this new baby it's like just a disappointment a punishment you know god needs to be merciful about it wait i forgot why she called off her wedding i just clicked on the link i totally forgot about this because it came out that Dakota had been married since 2008 and never told her. And then Wait, it came what? out in the papers. It says Bristol Palin has called off her wedding to former U.S. Marine Dakota Meyer following reports last week that he's been secretly married to another woman since 2008. The former Alaska governor broke the news on Facebook, writing that the couple has informed loved ones that unfortunately the celebration will not commence. But, um... They had a party anyway because people were still coming <laughs> to Kentucky. <laughs> and Sarah Palin said, many friends and family still look forward to getting together that day in Kentucky anyway. And the Palins and the Myers are happily looking forward to still being at the old Kentucky home. Yikes at using that phrase because that's part of like a weird minstrel song. On May 23rd to celebrate life in general. Um, I mean, I love it. Um, this You couldn't even make this shit up, you know. Bristol said, regarding salacious headlines in recent days about secret wives, Dakota and I discussed our past relationships prior to our engagement. Dakota was legally divorced years ago, as any good reporter could and should have disclosed to readers. As usual, false stories dramatically and dramatically written headlines 
begging controversy should be disregarded and we have faith that our privacy will be respected by this time. So, like, she wrote that, but she still cut off her wedding one week after these news reports came out and two days before the wedding was supposed to happen. So, like... And knowing that she was pregnant, right? Like Knowing she must- that she was pregnant. Or she must have because she probably didn't announce until she was at least, you know, 12 weeks or... Yeah. so early, at least so eight you weeks. you think they would want to get married just to save face on this pregnancy. Yeah, I think she didn't know about the, the wife, the ex-wife. But, like, Dakota and Bristol be having drama, and that, like, wasn't mentioned. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, their drama goes way back. Bristol's entire life is drama, and I yes. think she is going to be a really great addition to this cast. Let's talk a little bit about Dakota, who I found to be a pretty compelling character. Um, I don't think he was being nice to Bristol in this episode, but I'm still not 100% willing to write him off as, like, an abusive asshole. Uh, Dakota Meyer is a person who won the Medal of Honor, which is the highest-ranking medal that you can get in the military, and I think was the first person to get it in, like, a long time. Like, it's not the first living person to get it in a long time. Um, He basically, like, his entire platoon was killed and he lived. Oh, he's the second youngest living Medal of Honor recipient, the third living recipient for either the Iraq or the Afghanistan War, and the first living U.S. Marine in 38 years to be honored. Wow. So, I mean, it's a pretty big deal. His entire platoon was killed. He managed to get out alive um, and, like, still walk away winning whatever that means in the context of the Iraq War. But let's not get into that on this podcast. <laughs> Um, so Dakota is kind of a public figure, I would say. Like, he wrote a book, uh, he co-wrote a book, he, I think, had a podcast a little bit. Now he apparently is, like, a medical marijuana advocate and trying to get it passed in Kentucky, which is, I mean, great. Yeah. There are lots of issues with the VA and medical marijuana, and I think that he also, like, advocates for that. But Dakota has very serious PTSD and anxiety. Um, I read on his Wikipedia that when he came in 2011, I think, so before he met Bristol, he had tried to kill himself with, like, by shooting himself in the head, but the gun wasn't loaded. Uh, He has a lot, a lot of issues. And I think it's very, very clear that Bristol and Dakota should have never gotten married. I don't, from where I'm sitting... Dakota is not healthy enough to be in a relationship and Bristol's not empathetic enough to be in a relationship with someone with as serious as issues as he has. I agree. I think Dakota is a very good example for us to see on TV of somebody with PTSD, um, what it really means to have that. I think Mm -hmm. it showed us exactly how he, how people act, the anger, the frustration, the anxiety. I mean, the nightmares. I thought it felt very real. Yes. Dakota's, I, my, my husband was kind of like, why, why are they talking about this now? This is crazy. They're just doing this for the cameras. And I, I didn't think so. I'm easily tricked by reality TV, but it felt real to me that this is something he thinks about. On. I think he thinks about it every single day. Well, he said, I wake up every day with nightmares. And, like, you know, I... it was what? Seven, eight 
nine years ago that this happened? Yeah, Ten years September ago? September 8th, 2009. He kept saying that. So it's almost been 10 years, and he thinks about this every single day, every morning, and I believe that. I believe it affected him that deeply that he he said it six times in this episode yes. itself. I watched my entire team die. I yes. was the only one who survived. Do you know what that feels like? And if he he still he hasn't processed it yet. He doesn't know how. He's he's still struggling so hard and it it's hard to watch, but it was it's real life, you know. Yeah, I think it was also kind of a weird scene when they were fighting because he was being so open and honest and aggressive and she like wasn't saying anything so it's like on one hand we kind of felt like we were learning everything but then on the other it's like we weren't learning anything from Bristol's side um I also wonder like how far into divorce proceedings they already were when MTV came around like has Bristol reacted differently in the past has she tried to be empathetic in the past and She's just yeah is she tapped out yeah exactly like she just doesn't know how to keep having this conversation every single day for 10 years yeah we I don't know thought, wait i did want to point out one thing was that after soccer practice dakota turned around and said okay now what do you say to mommy for taking you to soccer and i was like wow it's so rare we see on teen mom them like actually teaching their children manners <laughs> yeah i um you're right. You're right. It is a rare thing on this show to see proper car seat usage and seatbelts yeah. and manners. So, Bristol said that she totally trusts Dakota with their kids. They have two daughters together, Sailor and Atlee. Um, I knew an Atlee growing up at the beach, and their beach house burnt down, and then they built a really nice one. Atlee Bay very much sounds like the name of a beach. <laughs> so, Atlee is little at least like a baby she's like one and sailor's like three now maybe um right but they're little they're babies and i did think it was we saw a scene of dakota in kentucky he was talking to his dad his dad seemed pretty personable his dad was telling stories about how like for this first six months after uh dakota got home that he would like sit on the couch like half asleep with a pistol in his hand which is very scary um and They said he's doing a lot better now, but, you know, he still struggles. And I thought it was very, it was obvious to me that they're, like, already getting divorced during this because Dakota says, you know, I want Bristol to, like, be 100% able to parent and I want 100% be able to parent. And I don't want us to rely on each other. And I'm like, that's a bizarre statement to make about your wife. (laughs) Yeah, I I was surprised because he had the girls there in Kentucky with him, right? Yeah, which apparently... It was, it's his house. I think the house. That, man, that, that giant house, ass mansion was his house. I think, I think it was. I mean, think it's in like rural Kentucky. It probably didn't cost that much. And I'm sure he got like book money, speaking arrangements. Like. Yeah, know, I was I'm surprised sure though. I was surprised to see that nice house. house. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's his house. Um, I wouldn't be, I wonder if his parents live there too. You know, yeah, like. Yeah, I think so. Because his dad looked comfortably at home. Right? right. Right. So I wonder if, like, he bought the I mean, house, I assumed it was Austin. his parents' house, but maybe he too. bought it for them. And... The only reason I get double-guessed, second-guesses, is because somebody on Reddit brought it up. 
and then somebody linked like a news article that calls it his house um and I wouldn't be surprised if like he bought that post getting money in Kentucky and then um like Bristol and what's his face what's her face that Bristol and Dakota decided to move to Austin together it's like meeting in the mill or whatever they called it and Dakota like didn't want to sell the house so his parents like moved in to that yeah that that makes sense but you could tell like he was talking like somebody who was getting divorced and like ready to full-time dad when he does yeah and he, he I mean he's already doing it there right so yeah he is there I think you were starting to say like do you trust um Dakota with those children yeah and she said yeah I don't I, I I don't know how bad Dakota's mental illness is. I don't know. But it's interesting if he is keeping them away from track, but he yeah. feels like he can doesn't have those similar I violent wonder if he tendencies. just never has violent tendencies. He might just, you know, not be violent at all. Um, right. And that's why it may be I don't know, but Bristol seemed, like, very confident, and, like, I fully trust him. And then where do you think Trip was during this? Does, Trip, does Levi see Trip? He does, and I think Levi's filming for OG. Really? Yeah, I read that. That they That'll were filming be... in Alaska with Levi and Trip. I don't know, maybe, right. maybe Trip is filming Dancing with the Stars Jr. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody's with him during that, right? Like, <laughs> still a child. She's not, like, shipped off to L.A. to go work on a reality show. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't say where Trip was, but I wonder if... Because, I mean, that's, like, a far flight from Texas to Alaska just for a weekend. Right. So I wonder if she maybe has, like, a nanny that stays with Trip. But that's kind of sad for Trip. Yeah, I I need to know more about where Trip was during this trip. Yeah, I'm curious about uh, Trip and Dakota's relationship because Bristol did say like I'm used to being on my own. I'm very independent. I discipline my son the way that I want to. So it's like that's true because conflicts. I mean Dakota's his stepdad. Couldn't he have just brought him along to Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's his family too. Like their family, which is that's another right. reason that I think that they were already getting divorced because it's like. Well, let, let's, like, nip this in the bud now. Like, let's not have Trip get, like, close to your family. If, like, we're not going to be together because he's not going to be your son. How long, we don't were want... they ma- How long were they married for? Um, what year is this that well, she I guess maybe it's only wedding. been a couple years. The yeah, Thaler... she called off the wedding in 2015. Hold on. Okay, but they've been um... together-ish for, like, three years. They got married in 2016. Yeah, and his and Sailor was born, I think, in 2016. Okay, so I maybe Trip and Dakota aren't that close. Like, yeah, maybe. and I wouldn't. I just wouldn't be surprised if like they. Uh, oh, Sailor was born December 23rd, 2015. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like they had made a conscious choice, like. Trip isn't going to go with you on family vacation, like to see your family, because like you and I are not going to be together anymore. Right. Well, so maybe that's for the best. Wait, then. wait, 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 wait. This says, okay, Wikipedia says so in December 2016, 
when oh wait when sailor was born in 2013 2015 early january 2016 meyer dakota had filed legal documents asking for joint and physical custody of the newborn and child support and then they got back then they were married on may in may 2016 and then sailor was or atley was born may 8th 2017 and then january 29th 2018 meyer filed from divorce from palin so when did they start filming bristol if he filed for divorce at the end of january yeah, I may. It's possible that they are, you know, because they were living together in that Austin house. I was going to say it's possible they're filming this and they're already divorced. I wouldn't be so surprised that, if he had already filed for divorce and they were just like they decided to film for two weeks as a married couple. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of what's going on, and I think maybe some of this is just not in the same order. So the yeah. scene where he's in Kentucky, maybe they are already divorced. And then the scene with the soccer and with Bristol and her overhauls was either reenacted as a married couple or filmed earlier. I don't know. Yeah, and so I'm looking at her Instagram right now, and on May 19th, Dakota was with her at one of Tripp's soccer games. This is, I think they just have a very on and off again relationship. And, I mean, it's always been that way. And yeah. Per usual, Bristol's got another one of those teen mom timelines because she said something like, I was a single mom forever before Dakota came into my life. And I don't think that she was a single mom for that long. I feel like Dakota yeah. came in pretty quick after yeah. Levi went out. It looks like, I think that, excuse me, the Arizona trip was May 28th because she posted a picture with Willow and one of the So they were fully divorced. Like, or like in the process because I think it became official on August 1st, it says. So they were like deep in the process of divorcing May 28th because she posted a picture with Willow then and remember she was like, I haven't seen any of these people in months. Right, right. But then on June 23rd, they posted a family picture I'm scrolling through her Instagram right now, too. None of this makes a lot of sense. I'm trying to think that that June 23rd one might be like. Oh, she's filming here. She's filming July 20th. Oh, Oh, wait. Wait. I think actually it was July 6th that they went because she said, This week was so incredible being able to spend time with my sister slash girlfriends. And P.S. Happy 24th birthday, Willow. And it's like. Pop the champagne, Willow's change your last name. That might have been a bridal shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't okay, know. I'm looking at the same picture. That's July 6th. So but that it was... looks like the last family picture with Dakota in it came that one in June. Oh, here's the fucking bachelorette party. It was July here's the, 4th. Yes. Okay. okay. July 4th. But that's a so full that July 6th is probably months. the same trip. Yeah, that's a full seven months after, like, they filed for divorce. Yeah, so I was saying they're fully divorced by the time Sarah's in, or not Sarah, Bristol is at the bachelorette party and Dakota's in Kentucky. Yes. And then the Or that Dakota's being in Kentucky after. is not concurrent with Bristol being in the bachelorette party. They just kind of 
patched it together to make it seem like it was. I've got continuity questions, MTV. <laughs> this is a June twenty third. They've got a family picture. June twenty yeah, third. That looks like the last one. But you said they filed for divorce in January. Yeah. They have family pictures all the way up through June 23rd. I don't get it. Nope. I don't get I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, like, they filed and then... But then in the scene for next week, Dakota's like, so you're giving up on our marriage? And it's like, baby, filed for a divorce a cool seven months ago. <laughs> I don't know. I Who can keep track of where we're at with that? But I thought it was really interesting to see it play out. Um, Dakota's PTSD is it's going to be a, a a journey for us on this show. And you I know, I do want to say I liked Bristol's overalls. <laughs> I did too. I thought she pulled them off very well. I was surprised. I have a big chest, and I've always stayed away from overalls. But she uh, yeah, she was good in them. I found the whole scene very sad of them fighting. When Dakota was just, like, screaming for somebody to, like, love him and give him attention. Oh, I know. And care. And Bristol was, like, so shut down. Although, like I said, I'm just not ready to be, like, Bristol's no empathy. Because we don't know what we saw for the last two years. And when Dakota said, and you tell the PTSD therapist that you're waiting for, you lay up at night and wait for me to blow my brains out. To me, that sounds like Bristol said, he gets out of bed, I lay my bed, and I'm terrified he's going to kill himself. Yeah, like, that's, that's how I that read it, too. Like to me. And Bristol was like, that's not what I meant. Like, it's clear. Bristol basically says that. She's like, that's not what I meant. And Dakota, like, throwing that in her face when it's like, I know from Googling for a minute that he did try to kill himself by shooting himself in the head. And just in case you guys don't know, the number one indicator and, like, risk factor of a suicide is a previous suicide attempt which is why you should take all suicide attempts very seriously and not say things like they just did it for attention because like the number one like risk factor of suicide is that you've tried it before and so earlier the dad talked about how he lays in bed with his pistol so yeah it's not um it's not crazy that bristol was scared of that i don't think she was like i hope you do that no, but I, I also can understand where if maybe she's not the most empathetic person and he's, like, paranoid, he has high anxiety, that that's how he hears it. Yes, yes. And he doesn't have, you know, any self-worth. And he's probably thinking to himself, she she would be better off without me. You know, she yeah. wants me to do this. That's why I'm justifying the fact that I'm going to do this, you know? Yeah. And he was yelling and he was not speaking to her well. And... Like, I would call it, I guess, like, emotionally abusive or, like, verbally abusive the way he was speaking to her. But I also think that, like, we stepped into, like, a weird relationship dynamic and, like, came in, like, in the We came in too late. Yeah, we came in too late to this to really understand where they're at with each other. Yes. But And she even says, like, From what I I saw on Twitter, at least, it sounded like the audience also got that like I don't think anybody was um, I think it was really taking yeah. a hard stance with either of them you know I saw a 50 50 um yeah she even said like I don't know if like you're just being a dick or if this is your PTSD <laughs> <laughs> which I mean I 
yeah. can imagine that's like extremely difficult to live with. And the fact is like she didn't know Bristol before. So like what she doesn't know like if this just is how he is or not. Right, right. Um, I did write down I think that Bristol feels like it's her civic duty to stay with Dakota. Yeah. And that's what she's struggling with because she she thinks the right thing to do is to be this military wife and to be with your man and She's like her sacrifice for her country is to stay with him. I can see and, that. I think she also um, is just like high key embarrassed, and I think like her entire life is just like shame, like public shame. Like when she was when she was talking to Willow, and she was like, "I didn't get to have a big wedding. Yeah. I just got engaged in a parking lot." <laughs> we so didn't even sad. exchange vows. I was like, Jesus. So sad. Her life has been. You're right. She's like she's just ashamed of every single thing that's happened in her life. Just one other thing I wanted to mention is that I did think it was like sad that he was Dakota was like I'm trying my hardest. I get up, I work, and I don't beat you, and I don't lock myself in a hotel room and drink for a week at a time. And I think Dakota feels like comparatively to a lot of other vets, he's like doing very well. True. But, like, to Bristol, she's like, but you're still an asshole. Like, what, I, it, like, and and also I'll say it's it's sad that the other vets are doing even worse, but. Yeah. We want them to do better. We don't want you to compare yourself to them. We want them to get up to your level, you know. Yeah. (sighs) But, yeah, I liked it. I was, I was satisfied with this week's episode. I was too. I uh, the ninety minutes flew by. It didn't feel like it dragged on too much. The only segments that felt like they dragged on were Macy and Amber's. Agreed. Everybody else's. It was good to get to know the characters, and you know, well, it's, it'll be a good season. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I hope this was a good conversation. I was a little bit nervous on how our our rapport would be. So hopefully, it's. <laughs> It went well. Do you want to plug anything? Um, you guys can follow me at Faberger on Twitter, but like I said, I'm on lockdown right now. Um, I'm probably not going to get this job that I interviewed for, and then I'll be uh, free to tweet as much as I want. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it, too. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.